Hello and welcome to From the Rookery End, brought to you by The Athletic. My name is John and for almost 10 years now we have been, actually birthday's coming up soon, uh, next month. These podcasts have been about our take on life as a Watford fan. All about Watford FC, what goes on at Vukud Road, all the away grounds, all the chat between Watford fans. But our Saturday podcasts have been coming out for the last month or so with Colin. All about Watford, but it's all about make-believe Watford. This is our way to to pretend that football is still around, to get those vibes of Saturday afternoon. And maybe by now, you're actually getting excited for another podcast and from the weekend where you're going to find out what happened to Watford. Not the real Watford, it's this fake Watford. Well, not, it's the real, it's confusing, but Colin has been imagining what might have happened in the last few games of Watford season that haven't yet probably occurred. Today is a trip to West Ham. As you probably can remember, the football fixture gods didn't give us a great finish to the season. The last two games are at home to Manchester City. We know how well we can do against them. And then an away trip to the Emirates. So is this the last chance of Watford to get some points? We left Watford last week after a a 2-1 win against Newcastle on 37 points out of the drop zone. But are there going to be many more points to come? We will find out on these next few Saturdays, building up to what's going to be a very special final day of the season. Fake season, I know, but the final day of the season where Watford will be away at the Emirates. We're going to have reporters. Oh, yes, reporters across the country at all those vital relegation battles and find out, will the Hornets stay in the Premier League? Well, the one that we're making up for another season. Thank you very much for listening to From the Rookery End. Remember, you can go to theathletic.com forward slash rookery end to get a 90-day free trial of the service. Really go and and have a taste of it. See what you think. Whilst there's not much football to really go on about, there's plenty of fantastic articles. So, it's off to the Olympic Stadium. I don't think we can call it that anymore, but that's what I still call it. To see how Watford can do in what might be the last chance of points for the Hornets this season. Possibly. Let's go over to Colin for live match commentary and whatever. Just come on, you all. A podcast made by Watford fans Fans. for Watford fans from the rookery end. Welcome to FTRE FM Radio. My name is Colin Mace and I am here at the London Stadium for this very exciting and crucial clash between West Ham United and Watford FC. It is... um, Not a particularly nice day at the moment, quite cold for this time of the year, the beginning of May. This is such a crucial game for both teams. I'll just quickly go through the the table after this week's uh, results. As we know, Watford beat Newcastle 2-1 last Saturday and um, the other scores have affected, of course, the table. But also the games in hand that were played, Villa, Norwich and Brighton both played games in hand this week. Villa having to play on the Monday night and then on the Thursday and are playing tomorrow. So in those games in hand, Villa won 2-1 and Norwich lost and Brighton also won 1-0. So this is the table as it stands at the moment. In 15th place is Watford, having played 35 games with 37 points and below them Brighton, who had a good week with uh, a draw against Man City last Saturday. Very, very good draw, very good performance and a win in the week. So they've picked up four points. They now have also played 35 games and are on 35 points. West Ham just below them, 35 points from 35 games after an absolutely crucial win for them away at Norwich, which I'm afraid um, doesn't do Norwich 
any good at all having also lost in the week so below the line and my goodness it really is starting to get tight and crucial Bournemouth just below the line in 18th 35 points uh, 34 points from 35 games Aston Villa just below them having played only 34 games still with one game in hand also on 34 points and then at the bottom of the pack Norwich haven't played 35 games excuse me only 28 points which leaves them seven points from safety effectively eight points from safety so with three games to go Norwich definitely have to get a result at Chelsea and if they don't then I'm afraid they will be the first team to be relegated this season so that's the technical stuff out of the way um, it's hard to do, to really discern much from the table except that it's incredibly tight just three points separating 15th which is Watford from Aston Villa who are in 19th but Villa as I say have a game in hand it's going to be very very exciting end to the season uh, at this end of the table anyway now alongside me today I'm very very glad um, to be able to uh, to bring in to the comms box with me uh, a very very charming young man much younger than me uh, David Labouche who played for Marseille and Arsenal and uh, was a, a roving, charismatic right winger. That's right, isn't it, David? Oh, Colin, you, uh, you flatter me. Um, it is very... Firstly, I would like to say uh, thank you very much to FTRFM Radio for having me on today. Uh, I like to do a little bit of punditry since I have retired from, uh, from playing football. But uh, I don't know about a roving right winger and uh, charismatic, but uh, I enjoyed my football. So um, just tell us a little bit about your history and how you ended up playing football. Well, um, uh, my parents were born in the Côte d'Ivoire and uh, they moved to Marseille uh, just before I was born. And for me, it was always football, football, football. My father was an absolute football nut. I have an older brother who's four years older than me, so he came to France uh, having been born in the Côte d'Ivoire and he is a doctor and my father used to say, you see, your brother, he has a proper job. <laughs> but uh, he was very, very proud of me. Uh, he took me to my games I played uh, for the Marseille Tigers when I was eight, nine years old and very soon I was playing in the under-12s and then when I was 10, I was playing in the under-14s and then along came OM which was my team, the team that I uh, supported with my father, OM. Oh yeah, sorry, uh, Olympic uh, Marseille. And they signed me up for their academy when I was um, 13, 14 maybe, and um, I start to play again. Same thing happens, I play in the under-15s when I'm 13, and then when I'm 14, I 15, I play for under-17s, and then when I'm 16, I'm in the under-21. So I know, I know I am good. I know I can play. And the coaches always encourage me. I work very, very hard. For me, it's just football, football, football. I go to school. I don't listen because all I'm thinking about is football. <laughs> yes, well, I think a lot of young players are like that. They become absolutely obsessed with the game. I did. I was always uh, looking on the back pages of the newspaper and uh, checking results and uh, following players. have posters up on my wall. And uh, my, my father was very, very good. He, he was not so worried about the academic side. He was... Uh, very keen to encourage me as a as a player so eventually i break into the into the om first team i play um when i'm 18 i play two games in in the cup and then i think okay so this is the season i'm going to break out and i'm going to play first team football i'm going to play champions league but uh, it goes a bit quiet for me at the club and um eventually they send me out on loan to amiens 
which is a club in the north of uh, France, much smaller club, and um, they are in a relegation battle. So it is good for me to have been through that because of today we're going to see two teams fighting relegation. And um, it was new to me. It was small club. The attitude was very different. The training was not so intense. So I get the young boy from this big club, Marseille. The other players are not very happy with me. They don't welcome me very much. I can see there's real problem. I go to the coach, I say, I'm here to play, I work hard, I help you to, to win and not get relegated. And he believes me, so he plays me. And in the first game I play, we win 1-0. And uh, after that things change. And I stay there for that half season and uh, Amiens don't get relegated. And then I stay one more season. And then when I'm 20, OM come and I think, is this the moment? Am I going back to Marseille or are they going to sell me to someone else? But no, they take me back. And they say, listen, we have opening on the right wing because I play central midfield for most of my life up to that point. But I am fast. So I say, well, I'm, I'm not a winner. Coach says you either play on the right wing or you don't play. And um, so I play there for five seasons. Very happy. My father in tears with pride for watching me play. And, uh, and then eventually Arsene comes in and says, I want you. You come, come to Arsene. And uh, uh, my heart is like, beating very fast when I hear the news because I love Arsene Wenger, I'm a very big hero in France and uh, so I say yes, yes, I come to Arsenal and um, I play uh, in that amazing team, uh, French Revolution they used to call it with Vieira and uh, Manu Petit uh, and also uh, Thierry Henry and, uh, and Bobby Perez, so it was a very, very amazing time for me and I was there for a long time and uh, after Arsenal there's nowhere for me to go, I just retire and and you play for France a few times as well. Yes, I've got 25 caps for, for France, but uh, that French team was very good and it was very hard to break into it. But uh, I have had a fantastic career, so I'm very happy to be here with you, Colin. And I stay in London now. I don't go back to France. Oh, you've made London, you made England your home. Yes, my, my children are born in London. They love London. My wife loves London. And um, yes, yeah, so I think we'll, we stay here. We, this is my home now. I've been here a very long time and I like the English way of life. What was the most difficult thing about coming to the Premier League or coming to England and, and what was the best thing? Well, the most difficult thing was the banter because in France it does not exist. <laughs> and uh, on my first day at Arsenal, um, Paul Perry, I, I think you know him. Yeah, we have Paul on the show from time to time, a bit of a joker. Yes, yes, he was a joker. So my first day in training at Arsenal, he takes my suit, my beautiful suit, handmade suit I wear, especially for the first day to make a good impression, and he burns it. <laughs> he burns it in a dustbin. And I come out and my suit is there and they're all standing around laughing and then I have to sing a song in my underpants. This is very new for me, but I like it. I like the, the comradeship, but the, the language, the pace of the game, the physicality, difficult, but good for me. And the best thing? Oh, Colin, the best thing about England is the full English breakfast. When I'm first introduced to this thing on the plate, I look at it, what is this? Sausage, bacon, egg, baked beans, uh, mushroom, tomato, toast, these are things that do not exist, <laughs> not in the same way in France, uh, in France you have a croissant or coffee, but I eat it, it's the most delicious thing I've ever eaten and I uh, start to eat it every day and very quickly I put on a lot of weight and Arsene comes over and says, no, 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 you have to stop, back to the yogurt for you and the fruit, <laughs> that's a very good story, uh, David, thank you so much for sharing that, now um, we're coming up to uh, about 15 minutes before kickoff here at the London Stadium and uh, earlier on I had a quick chat with Sam Allardyce who as you know uh, was the manager of West Ham during some difficult periods brought them up kept them up but eventually moved on 
and I wanted to ask him a little bit about this game and where his allegiances were and whether he still had a fondness for West Ham and to talk a little bit about Watford Football Club. Good morning, Sam. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Um, just wanted to ask you about, about this game and what you thought the outcome might be. Well, Colin, it um, can be a very difficult game when you've got to win and uh, the home team will have the expectation of getting the points and the away team can be a bit more canny, maybe more defensive and... Um, it will be difficult for Watford uh, in this stadium, but as you know, West Ham have a few problems at the moment. And um, yes, there can be a bit of disunity there. So um, I'm just hoping for a good game and I'm hoping that whoever wins the game, if there is a winner, it is um, because of good football and not because someone makes a horrible mistake. Your time at West Ham was, well, it was difficult. The fans didn't always support you. Do you f still have a soft spot for them? Oh, yes, I do. Of course I do, Colin. When you've managed a, a team like West Ham, a big team, big club like West Ham, it um, stays with you. And uh, yes, I will be hoping that they get at least a point today. I don't want to be too partisan. And Watford, what are your views on Watford? Well, I've seen what Nigel has done. Nigel is a very good friend of mine and I'm hoping that he keeps them up because I think he's a very good coach and um, I hope that he uh, he does well in his comeback. But uh, yeah, I don't know. It's very difficult. They've got good players. It'll be interesting to see how he starts the game. Well, thank you very much, Sam, for coming on. That was Sam Allardyce talking to me just a little earlier. Now, quickly, um, before we go back to the studio, I just want to go through the lineups, David, and I think you'll find this quite interesting. I'm going to start with the home team. Nothing too surprising there. Fabianski in goal. Nagakia at right-back. Agbona, the Italian, at centre-back, alongside Diop, one of your countrymen, and Cresswell at left-back. And then in front of those four is Noble and Rice, which is um, a pretty difficult uh, barrier to get through. And then just in front of them... Anderson, the Brazilian, playing in what we call the number 10 role. And then out left, Bowen, the uh, flying winger, I suppose you could call him. And he is left-footed. He normally plays down the right and cuts in, likes to hit it with his left foot. But this time he's playing out on the left, so that'll be interesting to watch. On the other side of the pitch, Antonio, the uh, British bulldog, the fighting man of the West Ham side, and also a man who likes to score goals. And up front, another one of your countrymen, Sebastian Haller who uh, hasn't exactly hit the ground running, David. No, he has not, um, but he is a very good player and he will come good, I think, for West Ham. Uh, David Moyes is a good coach and uh, I'm sure that he will be looking to get on the score sheet today. And for Watford, there are some big, big changes. Nigel Pearson, who I think is gambling on the fact that he may only need one more point to avoid relegation, has come with a very different formation from last week. And this will be a surprise and perhaps a disappointment to some of the Watford faithful. Uh, at the back we have Foster, but he has changed the back four and turned it into a back three or possibly a back five. Dawson comes in to play in between Cathcart and Cavaselli. Firmenia and Messina keep their places. Now, ahead of them, where we have normally had just two players, we now have three players. Chalabar, Kapu, of course, and alongside them, Tom Deli Bashiru has come back into the side, leaving Welbeck and Dini up front. What do you make of that, David? Well, when you come away from home, um, perhaps you think a little bit more defensive, as you say there. One more point, 38 points may be enough, so he has Welbeck and Dini, two strong boys to hold the ball up. Up front, good players. And Tom Delibashiru is, um, is again a central midfielder who will sit there with Chaloba and Capu and uh, hopefully they will stop the ball coming through and then the extra player at the back. But it does mean that Massina and um, 
for many I must also not get too deep otherwise uh, it is very difficult to get out uh, if you are five of you at the back all sitting on your 18 yard line so they will have to uh, it will be difficult for them to know when to go forward and help with the midfield and uh, maybe the attack and uh, and when to stay back yes I think that's an interesting um, side it's it, what surprises me is that there's no decore um, and there's no Ismail Assar who has been so effective but um, maybe this is just a sort of 60 minute team and then hopefully try to bring on some more attacking players or certainly the pace of Saar in the second half but uh, it'll be interesting to see how this works out I agree with you David it looks to me like Watford are saying come on then we'll take a nil-nil draw and uh, if you can break us down you can and if you do break us down on score then we can change our team and, and come at you but uh, a bit of a risky uh, a bit of a risky tactic that don't you think David? Well um, I do I don't suppose um, Abdullah uh, and Ishmael will be happy no no because always you want to play you want to play in the big games and this is a big game for Watford obviously but uh, Nigel Pearson is a good coach he's a tough man and he knows what he wants to do and on that note I will now throw you back to the studio uh, for the news from the other games around the country this afternoon. We'll be back just before kickoff. Welcome back to FTRE FM Radio here at the London Stadium for this very exciting encounter between West Ham United and Watford FC. You've come back just as kickoff is taking place. And quickly remind you of the lineups. Uh, West Ham have Fabianski in goal, Ngakia, Ogbonna, Diop and Cresswell at the back with Noble and Rice in front, Anderson in the number 10 role, to his right Antonio, to his left Bowen and Haller the French striker up front. And it will be Haller to kick off and we are underway here at the London Stadium. He passes it back to Noble and Noble passes it sideways to Rice and uh, Rice is just dwelling on the ball. Watford are sitting in this 5-3-2 formation that Nigel Pearson has dreamed up for today's encounter. Alongside me, David Labouche, um, French, uh, French uh, footballer whose parents came from the Ivory Coast or the Côte d'Ivoire. And uh, then David played for Arsenal under Arsene Wenger for about eight seasons. Is that right, David? Yes, it was, uh, it was a very good time in my life. And uh, it is great to be here with you today on FTRE FM Radio. And uh, I'm looking forward to this game. Not much is happening at the moment. Uh, Noble and Rice just passing it between them. Uh, just uh, in their own half, really, looking for the game to get underway. It's a packed crowd here at the London Stadium. It's not a particularly nice day. It's overcast. It's quite chilly and there's a bit of a swirling wind, but that won't bother players of the experience of these two Premier League sides. Watford yet to touch the ball, sitting in their own half. Welbeck and Deeney definitely playing as a two up front. Only about four or five yards between them at the moment. And it's good to see Deeney back, isn't it? He, um, he had to go off last week. Uh, with a sprained ankle, but uh, it seems to he seems to have shrugged that off, and he's um, he's made his way back into the team for this very important counter with West Ham United. Dini, David, your thoughts? Well, of course, Colini is a very, very important player for uh, Watford, and um, it is good to see that uh, he has not been too affected by this uh, ankle. We will see uh, if he can get through the 90 minutes, but uh, perhaps a little injection here or something, you know. OK, so um, Rice still has the ball. A really um, very slow start from both teams. He passes it out to Bowen, who is playing on the left side of that attacking three. Bowen now takes the ball 
over the halfway line and into the Watford half and Kapu, who is now playing in a three in midfield, not the usual two, comes across on the right there just to close down Bowen and Bowen turns and plays it back to Anderson. Anderson immediately plays it out to Antonio. Anderson will have a very important role in this West Ham side if they are to break Watford down. Antonio on the ball, a big strong fellow and uh, he's getting forward and there's Tom Deli Bashir and he tackles him and gets the ball. That's uh, a good piece of work there from Bashir and he passes inside to Chalabar who's playing centrally of those three and he plays it forward to Dini who's just on the halfway line looking to get forward. He plays it to Welbeck and he continues his run. He's there with Rice tracking his run and Welbeck chips it over and Dini gets that onto his chest with his back to goal and a half turn. Rice is paying close attention to Dini and Dini just manages to flick it back to Kapu. There's no Saar to play it to today. Just to remind you, at home, Saar and Decore not playing in this Watford side and Pearson has gone for a much more defensive-minded team. Kapu has the ball and passes it back to Femenia, who is in his own half, about halfway between the halfway line and the Watford penalty area. Watford shooting from our left uh, to right as we look down at the game. What do you think about this, uh, this stadium, David? A lot of... Um, controversy about it when uh, they moved in well um, to be honest with you Colin I, I don't like it I don't think it is a football stadium we have a lot of stadiums that look a little bit like this in, in France the new ones and uh, yes uh, you know you're so far away from the action you want to be close uh, I used to love uh, Highbury because you were so close to the action the, the fans could really have an influence but here I don't know um, it seems to me that um, it was a compromise a financial decision to move in I don't want to say anything too controversial obviously but it has caused a lot of problems with the fans and with the owners so I don't know not, not for me not for me and uh, Firminia has uh, played it back to Foster and Foster is just sitting on the ball at the moment waiting for West Ham to come out that may well be Watford's tactic to allow West Ham to come onto them and then try to hit them over the top to Welbeck and Dini two strong forward players Foster has the ball and eventually Haller the French uh, number nine Sebastian Haller he comes forward to put a bit of pressure on Foster and Foster bends down and, uh, and picks the ball up and rolls it out to Firminia he shouldn't have done that. I think that was a was that a back pass. If they missed that. The West Ham players are appealing, but the referee's not having any of it. He's just he's just waving play on. I think he picked it up, and it was such a long time from the time it was passed back to him. But anyway, that's a rule that doesn't seem to be enforced all that often. It has to be very deliberate. But uh, Foster picked the ball up there and rolled it out to Firmino, which uh, he definitely shouldn't have done, David. No, he's uh, lucky that it should be an indirect free kick uh, where he picked the ball up, uh, which is uh, right in front of the goal. Very difficult to defend, but uh, he has got away with one there. And... Uh, and the referee, uh, uh, who is the referee today? Oh, it's John Moss. Uh, John Moss has let him get away with it. Uh, unusual for him, he's a very, very strict referee. Firminia is now playing the ball through the midfield to Chalabar. Again, this game is uh, being played at a very slow tempo at the moment. He passes it out to Tom Delibashira, the young man there on the left side of a three-man midfield. He plays it forward to Welbeck. There's not much width in this Watford side today. Messina and uh, Femenia will be staying back, I suspect, uh, in this five-man defensive unit uh, they will may they may well get forward later in the game to support that midfield and possibly get even further forward to support Welbeck and Deeney but for the moment they're staying back and Watford are keeping a, a, a very tight formation to stop West Ham from having any openings in the final third now Anderson has won the ball back off Tom Delibashira and plays it out to Antonio Antonio turns and plays it back to Ngakia uh, Ngakia brings it forward He's a, a very quick player, a good right back and, and a good find for West Ham United. Yes, he has, uh, he's very good. He's uh, a good young British player and uh, not much has been talked about in Colin, but uh, I think he has a lot of talent and um, we will see more of him, I'm sure, in the future. 
Yes, that's right. And he's just passed it into Bonner, who's played it to one of your countrymen there, David uh, Diop. And Diop plays it out to Cresswell. Every single West Ham player now, I think, has touched the ball. And uh, Cresswell brings it forward. Another good player here at left back. And a possible chance of getting into an Indian squad, I think, Cresswell. Oh, yes, definitely. Um, it is sometimes difficult when you don't play for one of the top four or five clubs uh, to get seen by the international manager. But I think uh, Southgate has done very well with uh, seeing everybody and uh, making sure that the young players feel that they can get into the side and maybe even into the team. Yes, and Cresswell's brought the ball forward and he's played it to Bowen, but they're still just now on the halfway line. West Ham struggling really to get out and uh, there's uh, there's so little space ahead of them and he plays it to Anderson. Anderson tries to get forward, but Chalabar is there playing close attention to him. Anderson can be a very fine player. Hasn't had a very good season. There's been some injuries, but last season or maybe the season before, he was uh, really one of their best players, but uh, his form has dropped off a little bit. Yes, it does, and, uh, but uh, like all Brazilian players, they're technically very, very good and they uh, will be looking to uh, influence this game. West Ham desperately need to win this game. If they do, they, they, they move even more clear of the relegation and, uh, and that would be uh, good for the owners and for the fans and uh, certainly a club the size of West Ham should not be uh, in a relegation battle. No, you're right there. Haller now has the ball and he's got his back to goal and Dawson's come out from that back three to close him down just about three yards in front of the D and Dawson puts in a little nipping challenge there and Haller doesn't like it but uh, uh, there's not much he can do certainly not a foul plays it back to Anderson Anderson now passes to Noble Noble getting forward into space behind Tom Delibashiro Antonio is running forward and he gets the ball on the right and here comes Ngakia on the overlap West Ham are, are really uh, playing with a bit of intent now and Ngakia gets the ball and Messina comes out to close him down Cathcart comes across to pick up the run of Antonio Antonio is a very very strong player Ngakia cuts back inside and plays it back to Noble who's kept there, up there in the final third, he chips it into Haller and Haller heads the ball and Foster just tips that over the crossbar, a good bit of play there from West Ham, showing a bit of intent, trying to break this Watford defence down but well covered by this back five but the problem there is that of course with so many defenders on the pitch it does mean that, uh, that Watford will be under a lot of pressure David. Yes it will and uh, I think this is uh, very uh, very difficult because um, Yes, it can be uh, it can be a, a mixed blessing to um, to possibly uh, defend this deep against the team, and you're asking for them to come onto you. Uh, you have to be very very concentrated. But uh, that, that was okay from Watford. Messina and Katka did well. Dawson did well, and Foster managed to tip the ball over the bar. So it is a corner to West Ham. It is now nine minutes into the first half, and the score here is West Ham nil, Watford nil. There have been no real chances. That was kind of the first attempt on target or just off target. Well, it was on target, I believe. I think he probably had to tip that over the bar. I'm not sure if it was going over, but either way, that was the first real attempt on goal by either side. And uh, a good header there from Haller and a decent bit of work from Antonio Noble and Nangakia overlapping for the first time down the right. Yes, well, you see, um, if you are going to defend with five at the back, uh, the full-backs of the other side, they can get forward there. Eh? And they can become a threat to, uh, to the opposition, and Dengakia did just that. But we're just waiting for this uh, for the ball, actually. The ball seems to have gone flat on, um, on Ngakia, who is going to, to take this with his right foot, an outswinging corner uh, from the far side of the pitch there. And uh, uh, they're just uh, getting a replacement ball. The key game today, the other key other game today, is the game between Norwich and Chelsea. And if Norwich are... Uh, do not uh, win that game or at least get a point I believe if they lose that game certainly they will be relegated today your thoughts on that David while we wait for this ball to be replaced 
Well, it is, uh, it is always sad when you see a good team like Norwich uh, get relegated, but um, I think it is probably inevitable. There are, what, seven points uh, from safety and uh, their goal difference is horrendous. So it may be that uh, today is the day and um, they can go down and rebuild and come back. And they have a good manager, I believe, a good coach in, uh, in FARC. And, um, and they did not spend uh, any money, so they can bank the money they have and hopefully improve their squad and, and make a, an effort to come back up. OK, this corner is about to be taken. We are now nearly 11 minutes into the first half. And Gakir pushes the ball down into the quadrant and uh, he's looking up. He's got his right arm raised. Um, as I always say at this point, I'm not entirely sure what the arm raised means, but uh, uh, it means something to someone, I'm sure. So here comes Ngakir and he takes the corner, it's a decent delivery but Cathcart rises there and he heads it and it goes right across the pitch to Firmino who picks up the ball just on the edge of his area and he brings it forward and plays it to Capu and Capu into Dini now with the possibility that Watford could get on the break he, he chips it over Noble and Rice and Welbeck is there and Bonner comes out to try and challenge Welbeck but Welbeck brings it down nicely and he takes it outside of him just to the left of him and he's on the edge of the area now and he has a shot with his left foot and it's a good shot, it's on target but it's collected by Fabianski and that is what Watford can do from a corner, from a West Ham corner, Watford breaks Familiar Kapu to Dini to Welbeck and there they're in on goal and he shoots and um, maybe uh, hitting it with his weaker foot that left foot um, I think he prefers to bring it down onto his right and give it a good hit but uh, nevertheless good play from Welbeck and he's been a, a bonus for this team since he started to get into the team regularly David yes absolutely I mean Danny Welbeck is a good player a lot of people in France would say, why is he going to Watford? Why does he not come to uh, one of the bigger teams in France or perhaps to Germany? Uh, but uh, he has played for Manchester United huh? and he has played uh, also for my club, Arsenal, and um, he has played for England, so he's a good player. But he has a lot of problems with injuries, ankle, hamstring. It is just unlucky, one of those players who is unlucky. When you get a bad injury when you are young, it is sometimes um, difficult to... Uh, to overcome it and uh, you end up having injury after injury. I've known many, many players who, who, uh, who have uh, had that problem. So uh, Fabianski is just holding onto the ball. Ogbonner and Diop are both in the box, but Watford have come up here. Welbeck and Dini standing on the corners of the box and Chalabar has made his way forward to avoid West Ham having the easy option of just rolling the ball out to one of the centre-backs and Fabianski eventually waves them away and Ogbonner and Diop run forward with Cres Cresswell and Ngakia. Uh, running forward also and that means the Watford players are going to retreat to their own halfway line and Fabianski hits it long but it's Chalabar who's under it he's got his elbows up there he's trying to push Anderson and Rice out of the way so that he can get his head on it and he does get his head on it heads it forward and Welbeck is just ahead of him and he's having a, a bit of head tennis there he's knocked it back with his head and Chalabar heads it forward again this time to Dini and Dini brings it down on his chest and he crouches over the ball as we so often see with Dini Diop comes up and there's Rice trying to get the ball off Dini and Dini is turning, turning and he, oh, he falls over there and he's claiming a, a foul but the referee is having none of it. It seemed to me that there was a bit of contact there and Diop certainly had his arm over his shoulder but Dini doesn't often get those. No, no, yeah, uh, Troy Dini is a very strong boy, a uh, very strong man I should say and um, of course when you play like him and you play a physical game the referee is not so inclined uh, you know, to give you free kick for something uh, like that he's just doing his job at the back there Diop and um, he's a good player and um, I know him quite well uh, we have had many conversations over the years and uh, I like him and I have uh, given him some advice and uh, well, so I, I, it's good to see him playing uh, with Dini and I'm enjoying that battle at the moment so we're 14 and a half minutes into this first half. It is West Ham nil, Watford nil. And the ball is just bouncing around in the middle of the park. There's a, Rice gets his head on it, heads it forward. Tom Delibashiru comes forward and uh, 
Yeah, he heads it back and this time Noble gets it and he brings it down. They seem to be giving the ball away a lot, both teams at the moment. But Watford are staying back in their own half and keeping their shape and they're not really going to give this West Ham United side an inch. Nigel Pearson must know, David, that uh, a point here today will put them on 38 points and with two games to go they, they will feel that they are getting closer than ever to safety. Yes, but if you look at uh, look at the table, uh, Bournemouth are in 17th on 34 points. They win today, they go to 37. It could be that you need more than 38 points uh, to stay up. You may need 40 or even 41. Yes, that's true. Ball still bouncing around in midfield. Capu has it now and he, he just turns on it and plays it back to Dawson who seems to be playing just in front of Cathcart and Cavaselli as a kind of sweeper and he can also, I suspect, go back uh, behind them when necessary. But Dawson has the ball and he plays it sideways to Firminia. Bowen comes forward to press Firminia. They're trying to get forward now, Arsenal. There's obviously been some sort of sign given. Here they come, Noble and Rice getting forward with Anderson, Haller and Antonio and they're pressing Watford in their own half. Firminia turns and plays it to Cabaselli and Cabaselli just decides to hit it long which I think was the right decision. The ball goes right over the centre circle and down into the West Ham half it's a sounds of hoof from the West Ham fans there as, as uh, Watford just clear their lines and move up the pitch about five or six yards so that back five that back three are now standing in front of their own D and Foster is marshalling the troops Rice has the ball from Diop Diop passes it to him and he turns and passes it to Noble who's playing a little bit further forward than Rice at the moment looking to get forward looking to find that threat that West Ham need to unlock this Watford defence and uh, Noble passes it into Anderson Anderson they're playing at a good tempo West Ham at the moment they're passing the ball nicely Watford are just uh, happy for them to have the ball and passing it between them only going in to press and tackle when they get further forward and Anderson now looking to jink his way past Chalabar Chalabar puts his arm across him and that is a that is a free kick to West Ham but it's just on the edge of the centre circle inside the Watford half Anderson is upset and is calling with an invisible yellow card thinking that Chalabar ought to be booked as that was a professional foul. Your views on that, David? Well, I don't think so. I mean, uh, you can't book players for that. If you book players for that, Colin, uh, you will be booking everyone all the time. Yes, no, that is... <laughs> that's right. Uh, nevertheless, Anderson is, is a man who likes to complain. Felipe Anderson, uh, to give him his full moniker, the Brazilian. And uh, it is Anderson who's got his uh, hand on the ball and he's put it down, so it's stationary and he just knocks it sideways to Bowen. Bowen uh, looking to uh, bring the ball forward again, as West Ham will all throughout this game, I feel. Bowen uh, kicks it with his left foot, he crosses it. It's a nice ball all the way over to the other side of the pitch to Antonio. Antonio brings it down on his chest and he gets down and now you shouldn't let this player run at you. But Messina has done exactly that. He's tracking his run backwards, he's running sideways, Messina, trying to keep Antonio outside him, pushing him to the byline, but Antonio would like to get back inside, you know that. And he does. He chops and he brings it down into, onto his left foot now. And he's coming into the corner of the box. Antonio looking strong as a bull. And here comes Cathcart and he just gets outside the box to put a bit of pressure on Antonio. Antonio passes it into Anderson who's calling for the ball. And Anderson then just flicks it over the top of Cathcart. And Antonio is in behind there and he shoots and Foster saves at the near post. He actually catches the ball and it was good work there from Antonio. It's very one-sided at the moment. We're 18 minutes into this first half. It is West Ham nil, Watford nil and it is all West Ham at the moment, David. Yes, it is uh, like a training game, Colin. Uh, when you play just uh, attack against uh, defence and uh, often Arsene Wenger would... Um, would uh, well, he would... Um, he would make us do that and it is, it is about discipline, particularly for the defensive unit, but also for the attackers. They must not get frustrated. You have to stay patient and, and keep, uh, keep doing what you do well and uh, hopefully at some point uh, an, opening, um, an opening will 
uh, well, will we'll open up. Uh, sorry, my English is not uh, um, uh, not that great. I, I'm sorry. Uh, I don't know, uh, David. Your English is way better than my French. Come see, come saw. <laughs> yes, well, uh, I've heard you speaking French, Colleen. I know. I know you can speak a bit of French. Well, I, I do my best. Now it's uh, now 19 minutes into the first half, and uh, Foster has the ball and he's bouncing up and down in no hurry to take this. And the West Ham. Fans know all about Foster, I think as all opposition fans in the Premier League know, they know that Foster is one of the best time wasters as a goalkeeper in this league. Now Foster kicks the ball finally out, he goes long, Dini gets his head on it and it bounces through to Ogbonna, Ogbonna plays it straight to Diop and Diop is on the run now, he's looking to get forward to help that midfield and, and push past him, he runs past uh, Rice with the ball up to the halfway line now and uh, Welbeck comes across but he jinks past Welbecker. this is a good run from Diop and Diop comes in now to Chalabar and Chalabar is trying to stop him to halt his runner, Kapoor is there too but he, he just turns and gives it to Bowen just uh, to his side and Bowen has just enough space to get past and get in onto the back of Firmino and he crosses the ball and there is Haller Haller's going to score no how did he miss how did Haller miss that David he had an open goal he managed to get uh, behind Dawson between Cathcart and Cabaselli it was a fantastic cross left footed cross from Bowen and Haller there all he had to do was hit the target Foster was at sixes and sevens the West Ham fans are have their heads in their hands. This man just has no luck. We're 20 minutes in and Haller has had an absolute sitter and he's missed it. It's just gone over the bar. I don't know how he didn't score. The goal was at his mercy. He was five yards out and the ball was there to be headed into the back of the net. And uh, here comes Noble. He's patting him on the head and saying, don't worry about that. You'll get another chance soon, which is good to see from Noble, the captain of this team, David. Oof. Colin. I would have... I would have bet uh, everything I have that my grandmother, and uh, she could play a bit, uh, you know, but uh, I bet my grandmother could have uh, headed that ball into the net, Colin. I'm sorry to make a joke, because obviously for West Ham fans it is not good to see uh, see the, the most expensive uh, import, you know, they cost a lot of money, and he's also a Frenchman, and I know Sebastian, again, quite well. I know all these young French players, because I'm part of a group that looks after them here in England, And uh, but uh, yes, that uh, is something that um, will give him nightmares I believe um, as he tries to go to sleep tonight Colin yes I, I think that will give every single West Ham fan a nightmare the ball has been returned and it actually ended up in the in with the uh, the Watford fans you, you can see David Moyes across there he's come out of the dugout he's walked the four and a half miles from the dugout to the touchline I exaggerate a little bit no no it is, it is a very very long way what is about 200 meters from uh, 100 meters from the dugout today it's, it's crazy huh? I don't know why they don't move the dugout nearer anyway yeah so Moise is standing there and he's yelling and screaming he looks absolutely furious that should have been 1-0 we are 21 and a half minutes into this first half it is still West Ham nil Watford nil and uh, West Ham have had the two best chances Antonio had a nice shot stopped and uh, Haller had her well it was easier to score than miss but miss he did there's uh, just some news coming in from the Norwich-Chelsea game I'm hearing in my ear. It's currently still Norwich nil, Chelsea nil. Uh, and, uh, oh, sorry, Chelsea nil, Norwich nil. To get the teams in the right order, the game is being played at Stamford Bridge. Villa are playing Everton and uh, Bournemouth are playing uh, up at the Etihad against Man City. And Brighton are away to Southampton. And hope those four teams will be hoping to pick up points, but especially uh, Norwich, because if they don't get a result today... I believe they will be relegated. 
So finally, Foster has uh, played the ball out to Messina and uh, Messina brings the ball forward, plays it to Tom Delibashiro and Watford again just waiting in their own half, knocking it back and forward, waiting for West Ham to come out to them. And at the moment, West Ham are uh, just uh, keeping their powder dry. They're not going to rush and rush and rush, they'll exhaust themselves. But it's good to see Watford keep the ball uh, just for uh, a minute or so. He plays it to Chalabar, Chalabar knocks it forward to Welbeck and continues his run and finds himself in between Welbeck and Deeney in a front three now just inside the West Ham half as they shoot from left to right as we look down from the top of the stand from the media centre and Chalabar is, uh, is just looking to maybe cause a bit of trouble up there and Noble comes in to try and tackle him and does tackle him and passes it straight to Anderson Anderson flicks it out to Bowen and now Chalabar is a bit out of position Bowen uh, comes forward with the ball Cresswell on the overlap this time for the first time we see Cresswell coming down that left-hand side of the West Ham team they are shooting from right to left as we look down and Cresswell comes past Bowen Bowen finds him with a nice little pass and Kapu is, uh, well, he's um, slightly outmanoeuvred in that role and now Firmenia has to deal with Cresswell. Bowen keeps his run going. He's trying to get in between Firmenia and Cabaselli. He now comes short. Dawson comes out to try and pick him up. Cresswell still on the ball, still keeping the ball in that Watford half, looking for someone to pass to, but there isn't really anybody uh, who isn't covered by a Watford player and uh, eventually he passes it back to Rice. Now, uh, Rice is uh, just plays it sideways to Noble. I think West Ham are getting used to this idea that Watford aren't really in attack mode and uh, they can play at their own tempo, their own pace, they can quicken it up when they need to and they can slow it down when they need to. Watford are just going to sit in their own half and try and stop everything that comes at them, David. Yes, it does look like that. It is an obvious tactic, a very dangerous one from my point of view because if you play for a draw, very often you find you concede a goal maybe in the 88th minute and then suddenly, oh, you lost the game. So, I don't know. Um, I am wondering... Uh, Perhaps um, if Watford are just going to play like this in the first half and maybe make some changes, bring on Saar, possibly Dekore um, in the second half. But at the moment, uh, it's working well for Watford. Uh, they have had two chances, West Ham, but they have not scored. That's correct. Now, Noble is sitting on the ball and he seems to be in no hurry to get the ball forward. They're just maybe taking a breather. It's 25 minutes into this first half. It's still West Ham nil, Watford nil. And uh, not a very exciting game to watch, Devon. I'm sorry that the, the game you're... Your debut on this uh, on this station with me is uh, is a bit of a an attack against defence, as you say, and it's a it's a bit of a tactical encounter. Yes, it is, and uh, I don't know. Um, maybe West Ham uh, have to be careful not to get too frustrated, not to overcommit, but they definitely want to get the three points. And Watford, I think, would be happy with a point. Yes, I think so. A point for Watford would put them on 38 points. Uh, West Ham, if they could win, would also go to 38 points. Obviously, Watford would then stay on 37 points. It's so tight down here. Can you ever remember a relegation battle in which there were so many teams involved and so few points between them? No, I cannot... Um I cannot remember. <laughs> no, I cannot, but I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying it better than uh, what is happening at the top. Well, yes, uh, the title has been decided and uh, Liverpool are champions, as everyone knows. Man City looking like they're going to hold on to second and then it's a bit of a bun fight uh, between Leicester, Chelsea, Tottenham and Manchester United for the remaining places. But uh, we are still going to wait and see, obviously, if Manchester City are barred from the Champions League for the next two seasons, in which case Champions League spot goes down to number five, which will be a relief, particularly, I think, to Tottenham and Manchester United. Yes, yes, uh, I believe so. Uh, sorry, there's a slight break in play because Noble is... Um, I thought there was something wrong with Noble. He's gone down, he's holding his calf. Um, that's, I think, why he was dwelling on the ball, wondering if he was, in fact, injured. But he's kicked the ball out and um, he's just sitting uh, just in his own half and uh, the referee 
John Moss has um, has brought uh, the coaches on to the pitch. And here they come. So um, I believe you had a, a nickname, David, when uh, when you were at Arsenal. Can you tell us a little bit about that while we're waiting? Oh yes, I was. Um, my name is David Labouche, eh? and uh, Paul Perry, your, your good friend Paul Perry. Yes, I know Paul. Um, I know Paul very well, and he's a bit of a joker. A bit of a joker. Yes, that is right. He burned my very good suit. Uh, I presume he went out and um, and got you a new suit after the burning. No, 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 no. He said you are earning so much money now you can buy yourself three suits. That's what he said. <laughs> but actually, Paul and I became very, very good friends. We live very close to each other, and uh, he had children at about the same time as me. But um, yes, so he said. Uh, he didn't know a lot of French, uh, Paul. I don't think he knew a lot about anything, to be honest with you, Colin. But uh, he said to me, la bouche, la bouche, that means the mouth, yes? Is that the mouth in French? And I said, well, yes, if it is two words, la bouche. But uh, my name is David La Bouche, so it's a single word. And he said, okay, so your nickname is the mouth. So I became the mouth. And uh, I do like to talk, as you can tell. And uh, so it was quite a fitting nickname. Did you enjoy all that, uh, all that banter and uh, camaraderie? Oh yes, it was very different from uh, my time at uh, OM because, uh, as I think I said before, um, it is a lot more serious in uh, in France. But uh, when we get on the pitch in um, in England in the Premier League, it is all business and uh, we get the job done. But off the pitch, in training, uh, on the coach, uh, there's a lot of fun and games. Uh, people play cards, listen to music, and. Uh, they take the um, the P from each other, I believe. I don't say a rude word on your radio station. No, no, that's uh, <laughs> that's very uh, funny to hear that. So you were nicknamed the Mouth, and uh, well, um, <laughs> you could have had a worse one, I suppose. Oh yes, um, uh, some of the players at Arsenal had much, much worse nicknames than that. But let me tell you. So the coaches have now uh, gone off, and uh, we are 28 and a half minutes into this first half. I expect they'll add another minute or so on at the end of the first half for this little injury break. But Noble seems fine. He's, they put a little bit of strapping uh, around uh, that uh, calf, the top end of that calf. We'll see how he manages with that. But he's a, he's a tough old fighter, isn't he, David? Oh, yes, and uh, he's the captain. He will not want to uh, go off. There's only, what, um, what about 17, 18? 16, 17 minutes of this first half. He'll try to get through and maybe they can give him some attention at half-time. Amazing what they can do in, uh, in a short space of time. So, uh, the ball is out uh, on the touchline on the far side in front of the dugouts, which I can barely see from this distance. Uh, sorry, I must stop making that joke. But this stadium uh, does not resemble a football stadium, to my mind. I know I've been quite outspoken about that in the past. Um, not, I uh, haven't made very many friends amongst West Ham fans, although the ones that also believe they shouldn't be playing here have agreed with me and... Uh, it's a bit of a course célèbre, isn't it, for uh, a bit of French there, David. A bit of a course célèbre. Very good, Colin, yes. <laughs> a bit of a course célèbre for West Ham fans. I think they would much rather have stayed at Upton Park. But uh, here they are, and they've, they've got to go get with it. Messina has the ball, and um, he's being encouraged by the referee just to throw it back, so he does eventually throw it back to Fabianski, who uh, brings the ball down with his feet, and he brings it out himself to the edge of his area. He plays it forward directly to Noble, who's playing on the half turn. He passes to Rice, Rice to Bowen. This is good again, they've picked up the tempo a little bit. Bowen gets it in to Haller, Haller has his back to goal, Dawson comes out to meet him, halfway into the Watford half now. It is still West Ham United, nil, Watford, nil. Haller is looking to use his strength and power to get past Dawson, but he's not getting much change out of the English centre-back. And here comes Cathcart now to put more pressure on him, but that leaves a little bit of space there for Antonio, and Haller cleverly flicks the ball with his right foot out to Antonio on the right-hand side of the West Ham pitch and uh, here comes Antonio now with the ball and he's up against Messina. Messina is going to have his hand full. This time Messina is going to show him the inside but instead Antonio just to uh, just to put 
Uh, some doubt in his mind decides to go outside and he comes down to the byline and crosses the ball but the cross uh, he falls and slips slightly as he crosses it and the ball just goes out for a Watford goal kick nothing much happening there at the moment they need to get Antonio in my mind uh, David I need to get Antonio into a more central position because he can really hit the ball hard and if you give him a side of goal he will take it I have to say um, I agree I'm not sure that uh, Anderson is a natural number 10 and uh, I don't think Antonio is really a winger but uh, they are playing in this system I think they thought that Watford would play that system too the, the 4-2-3-1 if you like but Watford have changed and it's causing problems for West Ham and not causing very many problems for Watford I think Nigel Pearson will be much the happier of the two coaches uh, I would certainly agree uh, with that Nigel Pearson is in fact standing in his technical area he's got his elbow in the palm of his hand and uh, then his other hand is up stroking uh, some stubble on his chin he's looking very thoughtful there maybe he's thinking about the time he wrestled wild dogs when he was hiking I suspect not I suspect he's focusing on this game not a man you'd want to mess with though David no absolutely not uh, he looks like a tough character a disciplinarian but also they say very good man manager I know players who were there at, Le at Leicester when he was there and I know uh, I've spoken with Troy and um, in recent weeks and uh, and with uh, Ducore and um, they say yes he's excellent very positive always looking to help players improve give them confidence but if you step out of line aha you know huh? yes uh, we're now 32 uh, minutes into the game and uh, Foster is taking uh, well an age uh, <laughs> uh, practically an epoch to take this goal kick there's a lot of booing and the referee is running down now and saying get on with it Ben and uh, Ben decides to do what the referee tells him to do he kicks the ball out wide Kapu now is standing out wide on the right touchline not necessarily a position he would be used to standing in I wonder if he may swap with Chalabar but Kapu brings the ball down nicely plays it back to Firminia Firminia into Dawson who is just ahead as he has been for most of this first half uh, of Cathcart and Cavaselli Dawson playing as a libero the old-fashioned sweeper like a, a Beckenbauer I'm not saying Dawson is like Beckenbauer but uh, in a similar sort of position perhaps Mark Wright in that England side in 1990 a bit before your time David no I, I do remember the 1990 uh, uh, World Cup it was my first World Cup and uh, obviously um, it worked out well <laughs> for the French Dawson plays it forward to Tom Daly Bashiri I haven't seen a lot of him he certainly has been very disciplined staying there in that three he hasn't tried to get forward but this time he does he uh, plays it into Welbeck who's just inside the West Ham half Watford shooting from left to right as I look down from this area at the top of the London Stadium and uh, Tom Delibashiru continues his run on the outside of Welbeck. Welbeck finds him again in between Antonia and Ngakia and Ngakia comes out to close Bashiru down but he cuts inside him that's good play and he's now in between Ogbonna and Ngakia. Ogbonna is trying to track his run he gets to the bar and he stops he brings it back he plays it back and Chalabar has made a run a bit like Decore and he hits it hard and it's a good shot but it's bending away and uh, it's off target but not by much but it was a nice move and it's good to see Bashiru getting forward like that Chalabar responded well Welbeck and Dini started to uh, uh, to play uh, to get forward and uh, that meant Ogbonna and Diop had to deal with them and Chalabar just found a little bit of space there on the edge of the area to get his shot off but uh, oh that would have been nice for Watford if that had just found and nestled in the back of the net I don't think Fabianski would have got across it was uh, two Fabianskis left and it was well hit but it he hit it just with the outside and he was leaning back slightly and uh, it's gone out for a West Ham goal kick. It's now uh, 34 and a half minutes uh, into this first half. It is West Ham nil, Watford nil. 
and uh, well, Fabianski is not best pleased with his defence. He's certainly uh, telling them what he thinks of them. Noble and Rice didn't exactly cover themselves in glory in that move, but it was an unexpected move forward by Tom Delibashir, and he did very well to get in between Antonio and Ngakia out there on the on the left side of that Watford midfield. And then he jinked past Ngakia as if he wasn't there, which uh, I'm sure will not please him. And Bonner had to come across and Diop, uh, and then... Noble and Rice had to try and get back in time but they didn't pick up Chalaba's run and um, he hit the ball I'm sorry I'm taking uh, quite a long time for the ball to get back to uh, Fabianski it's one of the um, disadvantages of this stadium David the ball goes into the crowd and it takes about 10 minutes to get it back well uh, I think you're exaggerating Colin but yes it is not like one of those uh, tight grounds like Goodison Park or or, or Ivory as it was um, where the ball comes straight back yes uh, you're right so Fabianski now has the ball and Fabianski has uh, decided to play it short to Ock Bonner and uh, Ogbonna plays it sideways to, to Diop and uh, it really has been a fairly eventless uh, first half but um, now uh, Diop has the ball sorry I'm sighing there slightly I'd like to see a bit more action uh, something a bit more exciting Watford are just playing a very defensive style of football at the moment just snuffing out fires blocking everything and only one or two occasions they really tried to get forward and Cresswell on the ball now Cresswell plays it forward to Bowen and he keeps his run going looking to overlap and Bowen finds him again Kapu comes across and fouls him there. Well, he slides in. It's, um, it was quite a robust tackle there from Etienne Kapu. We've seen that many times from him. He has to be careful. And Moss comes over, the referee, and uh, he brandishes a yellow card. It is 36 minutes into this game and Kapu has been booked. And um, that won't please Nigel Pearson one little bit. Just inside the Watford half. And he, um, you know, he took him out there. And uh, I think uh, that was a deserved booking, David. Yes, um... Not exactly sure why Kapu had to do that, but um, you know, I'm perhaps a little worried when the full-backs get forward like that and um, they um, don't want them to exploit that space and uh, leave Firmenia exposed, so he came over and uh, with a sliding tackle, he actually got a bit of the ball by the man first, so yes, a booking. The Cresswell is over this and uh, Watford have dispensed with the idea of a wall. The ball is, uh, the ball is you know, just about two yards inside the Watford half and um, there's no need really for a wall from this distance so uh, players have come forward uh, Ogbonna and Diop have both come forward uh, Gakia has stayed back with Anderson interestingly Noble and Rice have come to the edge of the area and there's Antonio and Haller causing trouble there around the penalty spot Cathcart, Dawson, Cavaselli, Dini and Welbeck have come back to defend only Tom Delibashiru and Kapu have stayed forward Chalabar has also dropped back to pick up Ogbonna and uh, here comes the left-footed. Christ taking his time. He's moved the ball. He's just, he doesn't. He's not happy where the ball is. Cresswell. He's he's moved it. There is quite a strong wind in the stadium, and perhaps that is causing him a, a few problems. Cresswell finally settles with the ball as it is, and the whistle blows, and he comes and he, he launches the ball into the Watford box, and there is Og Bonner. He gets his head on it across the Diop, and Diop tries to do some sort of bicycle kick halfway up his uh, body, but. Um, Gets it all wrong, but the ball goes straight up in the air and Cathcart is there under it. They're fighting for it. It looks like a, one of those um, school ground games of football at the moment. Dawson is there. Cabaselli is there. Desperate to get the ball out of the Watford penalty area. Here is Anderson now coming forward to snap at the uh, heels of Dawson, who's just on the D with the ball at his feet. And he plays it out to Firmenia and Firmenia just puts his laces through it. And the ball goes all the way down the pitch with the wind behind, I guess, wind assisted. And it goes out for for a West Ham goal kick. That was a bit dangerous there, David. 
when the ball starts bouncing around in uh, in your uh, penalty area with players like Antonio and uh, Agbona and Diop both forward uh, there's a lot of Anhala uh, there's a lot of strength there you, you worry you'll give away a penalty or you make a mistake and uh, they get a shooting chance but uh, actually I think Dawson did quite well held the ball uh, took his time stayed calm and uh, managed to get it to a man in space for many who just booted the ball all the way down the pitch to waste a bit more time yes we are now 39 minutes into this first half and it is West Ham United nil, Watford nil. Now Watford players have gone forward here. Interestingly, they, they're going to try and keep West Ham in their own half, I suspect. Or maybe um, they might try and put a little bit of pressure on this uh, West Ham back line. Fabianski has the ball and uh, Obono and Diop again taking up position inside their own box as the new rule allows them to do and then Gakia and Cresswell are just standing on the corner but they've been picked up by Welbeck and Dini. Fabianski plays it to Ogbonna, it's about four or five yards just outside the six-yard area and Welbeck and Dini are still there prowling in front on the 18-yard line. Welbeck goes forward now. Ogbonna tries to play it through to Noble but he's oh he's um, he's made a mistake there and Dini has the ball and Dini's into the box and Diop comes across and that must be a penalty that must be a penalty it must and Dini went down flat on his face Diop has got his hands in the air saying I never touched him the referee comes over and he gives a penalty he's given the penalty to Watford he's blown up he's pointed at the spot uh, Diop is going absolutely insane there is Dini lying on the ground he's just turned his head he's looked up at the referee he's nodding and uh, the Watford players are celebrating but it is, uh, and we see there, Moss has put his hand up to his right ear, which is the international sign for VAR. And the West Ham fans are shouting VAR, VAR. And it is going up to Stockley Park. I believe it's Michael Oliver there today, and he's going to have a look at it. What do you think about that, David? Well, I don't know. I don't know. Sometimes uh, it cannot be a foul, not a penalty, but also not a dive, yes? So... Um, uh, there was um, minimal contact I would say and Dini went down very very convincingly he's very good at that so we will have to have a look and uh, I think they will have a look on the monitor and uh, well it is a, a, a dangerous moment for West Ham United if uh, this is a penalty uh, Dini does not miss many and he will take it and uh, Watford could go in uh, at half time uh, uh, go to the good so the players are all standing around. They understand uh, how it works now. They don't. There's no point talking to the referee. It's out of his hands now. Uh, and uh, oh no! Look there he is. He's 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 turned. He's jogging over to where the monitor is at the side of the pitch. He's been told he should have a look at it himself and see if he's made a decision. Now that's interesting because it takes a brave man to overturn your own decision. To be told that it's not a penalty is one thing, but um, we've had a little look at it, and I have to say it's pretty soft, isn't it, David? Yes. I think if I was a referee and I saw that, I would think. They've been done. But we will see what he does. He's looking at it over and over again. I mean, the foot does come in from Diop, but does it really make contact with Dini's right foot? I'm not sure. And uh, the upper arm of Diop does brush the shoulder of Dini. I don't know that he, he really fouled him there. What do you think, David? No, it is not a penalty. If this is given, I think it is very unfair on West Ham. And uh, it looks like Moss has made a decision running back onto the pitch, and he's... Oh, he's making the old television sign, and... Uh, He's pointing now uh, as a free kick to West Ham. I'm not sure, quite sure why it's a free kick, but it's certainly not a penalty. Oh no, it's not. It's a it's a goal. It's a goal kick. I, I do apologise. The ball went out for a goal kick, and Fabianski has the ball in his hand. And uh, well, celebrate the stadium is celebrating as if they'd actually scored a goal. And uh, Dean is furious and he's shouting and screaming. He has to be careful there. He doesn't want to get himself booked. But um, 
Yes, he was a brave man, overturned his own decision. Probably clear and obvious. It did look like a pen in real time, I have to say. Diop looked you know, very worried when Dini went down and he immediately did the, the hands in the air, I never touched him, boss, uh, sign. But um, it has been overturned and Watford will feel, well, they don't really have a right to feel aggrieved. I don't think that was a penalty. No, 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 it was not a penalty. No, uh, I didn't want to say it too clearly, but I'm glad that the... Um, he has made that decision because I think that in a relegation fight these decisions are so, so important and I don't think that was a clear penalty. OK, so we're 43 minutes into this first half and we are uh, approaching the end of this first half. It is West Ham United nil, uh, Watford nil alongside me. Uh, David Labouche played for Marseille and Arsenal and also uh, for the Côte d'Ivoire. You played under Deschamps, didn't you, when you were at Marseille? Yes, I did, and uh, what a great captain he was. Uh, as a captain, not as a coach, he was a very, very good captain and a great leader, and I learned a lot from him, and he is doing very well with the French national side. I know that he is not popular with everyone, um, but uh, I think he is a fantastic man, and uh, he was a real mentor to me when I was a young player. That's very good to hear. So Fabianski now has the ball at his feet, and uh, he kicks it long, and there's Haller just inside the Watford half. He's... Uh, Tussling with Chalabar is having a, a decent game, I have to say. He's uh, doing everything right. Kapu is a little bit outside uh, on the right-hand side and not quite so involved in the game at this moment. Chalabar brings the ball down and he plays it back to Dawson. But the West Ham players are hunting in packs now. Anderson on to Dawson there, trying to get the ball off him. Working hard today, Felipe Anderson. Bowen comes in to pick up Kapu. Kapu gets the ball from Dawson, plays it inside to Chalabar. Chalabar plays it to his left to Bashiru, Bashiru forward to Welbeck, Welbeck plays it all the way back to Cathcart but Noble and Rice have come forward, Antonio and Bowen have come forward, they're looking to hunt the ball down in the Watford half. What are Watford going to do under this much pressure? Here comes Ngakia and Cresswell, they are committing men forward in numbers now West Ham, looking for a goal before half-time, having been let off from that penalty there, seems to have uh, raised their ire somewhat and uh, they're looking to make Watford pay for what they consider to be the subterfuge of Troy Deeney. Now Ngakia has the ball out on the right, he plays it into Antonio, Antonio turns, Messina's got a, his hands full with this player and he's not doing too well. Tom Deli Bashiru comes back and uh, puts him under some pressure and Antonio turns inside, plays it to Noble, Noble to Rice, Roast, Rice to Bowen, they're moving the ball very quickly across this enormous pitch here at the London Stadium. Bowen on the ball, gets past Kapu, in on Firmenia and here comes the cross and there's Haller and he heads it again but it is a weak header and it has gone into Foster's arms. We are uh, about 15 seconds from the end of the 45 minutes and uh, we will see how many minutes of extra time uh, there are, but I suspect if it's less uh, than one, Foster will be able to waste enough time to use up that amount of time and uh, bring this first half to a close. But it is actually going to be two minutes of added time to this first half. Foster has the ball and he throws it this time all the way out to the right uh, to where Dini has pulled off onto the touchline and Dini gets the ball down and is looking just to keep the ball alive for his team at the moment and he kicks it off Bowen who's come to try come back to try and tackle him and get the ball and the ball goes out for a Watford throw-in. We are now nearly 46 minutes into this first half and I suspect that this throw-in may well be the last action. Apart from Foster, Watford have when they had the ball, they have kept it moving, kept it live. They haven't wasted too much time with throw-ins. But uh, Foster's probably killed up a couple of minutes in this game so far, just on his own. And uh, Firmenia is not taking... Um, well, he's certainly not rushing to take this throw-in, David. No, he's not, and uh, I can't blame him. You know, he's, um, he's a fine player. He's uh, trained in uh, Barcelona. He knows, he knows the game. 
and uh, I think he has been a good acquisition for Watford and um, yeah, it's good to see him under Pearson playing so well. And he now throws the ball actually back to Cabaselli. Cabaselli looks up and kicks the ball forward and there is the final whistle for this first half and um, the score here at the London Stadium is West Ham nil, Watford nil. And I just want to update you on the other game, the most important game that is happening over at Stamford Bridge. And the score there is Chelsea nil, Norwich nil. But I'm going to throw you back to the station. Um, we'll come back a little bit before the start of the second half so I can have continue my chat with David. It's a real pleasure to have you here, David. Um, you're a very, uh, very articulate and insightful pundit and uh, I've enjoyed listening to you during this first half. I'm just sorry we didn't have more action and more goals uh, to entertain you here but Watford have done a good job uh, keeping it nice and tight, keeping this new formation five at the back, three in midfield and just Welbeck and Deeney up front and West Ham are struggling really to break Watford down. I'm going to throw you uh, back to the studio and uh, uh, you'll get updates from all the other games and then you'll be coming back here for exclusive second half commentary on FTRE FM radio my name is Colin Mace alongside me David Labouche enjoy your pie your cup of tea your halftime orange and I'll see you back here in about 15 minutes and welcome back to the London Stadium my name is Colin Mace this is FTRE FM radio I don't think I've mentioned it today but you can download the FTRE FM uh, app onto your smartphone or tablet and then you can take us wherever you go you can listen to our commentaries there's also articles and photographs and interviews on there and it is uh, very easy to use and uh, very convenient when you are on the go so uh, we're just about to kick off in this second half here at the london stadium it is uh, currently west ham nil watford nil and uh, the players are coming back out onto the pitch it takes them about half an hour to get from the dressing rooms uh, out uh, uh, to the pitch um, because of the enormous distances here at the London Stadium for the players. Uh, David Labouche is uh, alongside me for this uh, for this game today, and uh, uh, yes, uh, I'm just joking, obviously. No, no, Colin, I, um, <laughs> I've done a tour of this London Stadium. Well, my good friend um, Dimitri Payet he said to me, "Come along, come along, and see the new stadium." And uh, he was here at West Ham, and uh, I came along with him. And uh, you are right; the distance from the dressing room um, is uh, is a long way. You feel. Uh, as if you are like in an underground bunker and um, and then you come out uh, and uh, still there's no sign of the pitch <laughs> you walk and walk and then finally you are you are there and uh, it is an impressive uh, stadium just uh, for me it's not uh, really a football stadium no um, I think a lot of West Ham fans would uh, share your feelings although I don't think they'd think kindly of Dimitri Payet no no but um, he went back to my club to play uh, for OM he is from Marseille, like me, and uh, it is a strong call for a French player if you get a chance to go back there and you have your family there, your aunts and uncles, and uh, he is a very, very nice guy, very good player, of course, and um, yeah, very uh, happy for him that he got the move that he wanted, but yes, he upset a lot of people here, and uh, that is sad, but sometimes, uh, yeah, that is life, huh? c'est la vie. Oh, yes, and uh, it's nice to have a genuine French speaker alongside me, my... Um, my pitiful attempts at French uh, have been kept under wraps today, which I think is probably good for the listeners. Now, the players are, are just um, lining up, and it's going to be Watford to kick off in this second half. They're now shooting from right to left as uh, we look down from our eerie here at the top of the London Stadium. We really are very high up, David. I hope you don't have uh, any troubles with vertigo. No, no, I'm, um, 
I'm absolutely fine. I've done a lot of uh, mountain climbing and rock climbing, uh, and even uh, there was a time in my life when I did uh, some sort of uh, circus type things, you know, with the tightrope and uh, the trapeze. Really? No, you've kept that quiet. Well, I don't know. It's not something. It was just like an, an hobby for me when I was uh, when I was a young man. And uh, no, I do not have a problem with heights. But I understand that if you did, this place would not be ideal. We are sitting there. We have a kind of grid below our feet, so you can see through it uh, the, to the fans below. And we are quite high. And just uh, yes, it is. Um, it is. Uh, it is a quite a sort of scary space for someone who struggles with heights. Yes. Um, uh, excuse me, just rustling my pages. The wind is um, is getting up and I've got some small stones I always bring with me uh, for commentary just to make sure that my, my papers don't blow away because I would be absolutely stuck without them. It's got all my information on there. And just to remind you, um, in the other key game today, uh, Chelsea are playing Norwich and if Norwich don't get a result in that game then they will be uh, relegated. They need at least a point to give themselves a chance. Aston Villa are playing Everton tomorrow and uh, City are playing Bournemouth and Brighton are away at Southampton. So uh, it, we'll try and keep you up to date with uh, some of those uh, scores uh, that will affect this uh, relegation battle. Watford currently top of the pile uh, as it stands on 38 points with this nil-nil scoreline. I think the players are about ready to, uh, to kick off now, uh, David. And uh, it is Dini who just uh, passes the ball back uh, to Chalabar, who is in central midfield, central um, trio there with Chalabar and Kapu on his right and uh, Tom Delibashiro, the young, the young man who's come into the team late in this season and is doing exceptionally well, has now got the ball and he passes it back to Messina, Adam Messina at left back. And um, he is looking to get the ball uh, inside to Dawson, who is still sitting in that, in that interesting and slightly curious position for an English centre-back, just in front of Cathcart and Cabaselli. They make a little diamond there in front of Foster's goal. And Dawson has the ball and he plays it out to Kapu. And Kapu is, uh, is looking to try and get Welbeck and Dini on the ball on the halfway line. Dini has come out wide to the right there, just on the touchline. Bowen has tracked his run and is with Dini, but Dini gets the ball with his back to goal and Dini turns and plays it inside to Welbeck, who's come short. But this is all happening inside the Watford half. And so far, West Ham are happy for them to keep the ball there. And now Welbeck uh, just turns and plays it out to Tom Delibashiri, who is now uh, played the ball in behind uh, Marcus Antonio, and he's just, um, Michael Antonio, I do apologise, and he's just got in behind him there, and he's found a little space for himself. Anderson is uh, central there, and Noble and Rice are, are keeping fairly close together in front of that back four, so there is a bit of space there behind Antonio and in front of Mangakia, and he is exploiting it now, and here comes Tom Delibashiri. He likes to go on these solo runs, and Chalabar has, has come with him. Welbeck has cut inside to uh, what you might call an inside left position and receives the ball from Tom Deli Bashiru. Bashiru carries on his run. He runs in between Nagakia and Ogbonna and it's a beautiful ball there from Welbeck and he shoots. Bashiru shoots and uh, it's a good save there. He just, it's a fairly regulation shave but it's a, it's a good hit. It's, it's high. It's going up in towards the corner. I'm not sure if it's entirely on target but it's a nice opening from Watford. Fabianski comes across and just palms it out for a corner. We are now 50, 40, sorry, 48 minutes into this game and uh, it is still West Ham United nil, Watford nil. Uh, what do you think about that uh, play there from the young man, David? Well, he's, um, he's certainly a bright player, isn't he? He gets the ball. If he finds a little bit of space for himself, he just likes to uh, to get forward and to, to, to take on the players. I like to see that in the young player. It shows confidence in his ability. It shows that he's repaying the trust uh, his coach has uh, put in him. And uh, yeah, it's a good shot. I, I mean, it was not a difficult save for Fabianski. Um, I think you 
you made a bit more of it, Colin. I think you're excited. You're getting overexcited here at the London Stadium. Yes, well, I don't think I really have an enormous amount to get excited about, but um, these little flashpoints, uh, a shot on target there, we think on target anyway, has gone out for a Watford corner. Adam Asinu, in no hurry, has uh, come up to take this corner. He's a left-footed player, and so it will be an outswinger as it comes across from the left side of um, where Watford are, are playing, and... Uh, and uh, they're not committing too many players forward at this time, David. No, I can see that um, uh, Kapu is staying back and uh, so is Bashiru. But Gatgat and uh, Dawson and Kabaseli have all gone forward with Dini and Welbeck. So they have five men there inside the box. And um, this would be interesting to see if maybe they could get just something on this and, uh, and maybe score a goal, which would be good for us. And also uh, would force West Ham into taking more direct action, perhaps. And uh, here comes Mussina and he's just about to strike and he strikes the ball there with his left foot it's a good ball comes out to around about where the D is and, uh, and Chalabar just heads it down and uh, Dini gets on the ball with his back to goal he's inside the box but he hasn't really got anywhere to go and Welbeck comes across and he passes it to Welbeck Welbeck crosses it and no that's just gone just gone over the head of uh, everyone there in fact and has gone out for a throw in uh, not even a goal kick on the far side of the pitch so not a great piece of football there from the ex-England international and it will be a West Ham throw but that's uh, still good for what they can they can come up and uh, try and win back possession high up the pitch and it's going to be Cresswell the West Ham left back who's got the ball in his hands and he's uh, in a hurry to get on with it he's sort of cajoling his players to get into good positions at move so he can find someone to, to throw the ball to and he does eventually throw it to Diop who plays it straight back to Cresswell and Cresswell under pressure from Kapu now who's come out wide and uh, Dini is also there uh, looking after Diop so he can't receive the ball back and Cresswell eventually just has to kick it long uh, just to get it away from uh, danger area and that ball goes to Familia the Watford right back he uh, puts his foot on the ball and stops everything and everything seems to grind to a halt uh, Watford clearly are uh, set up in this 5-3-2 uh, system and looking really just to contain West Ham and maybe get away with a 0-0 draw Familia plays it back to Foster and uh, Foster, who was very lucky in the first half, he picked the ball up from a, a back pass, or what looked like a back pass. It was a long time after the pass was made, but he picked the ball up and he could easily have given away an indirect full kick. But uh, John Moss, our referee today, um, either missed it or, or just didn't think it was worth uh, penalising, so yeah, the game carried on. And now Foster kicks the ball uh, just out to the left, and Tom Deli Bashir comes out onto the touchline to get it. And um, I should just call him Bashir, really, isn't it? Tom Deli Bashir's a bit of a mouthful, don't you think, David? Well, um, I don't know, you said so beautifully, Colin, that uh, I am uh, I'm quite happy to hear it. Well, thank you very much. It's, um, it's really nice to have someone complimentary sitting next to you while you, you do the difficult job of commentating. I uh, don't know if you've ever tried to commentate on anything, but it's, it's not that straightforward, particularly on radio, because you have to paint the pictures as well as tell people um, what's going on. So you have to really work a bit harder than those chaps on the television, David. I'm sure you, you agree with that. Oh, yes, I do. At uh, radio, is, uh, is a great, uh, is a great uh, what's the word, uh, platform for listening to football. I listen to football all the time in my car, when I'm in the garden. Uh, it, is, uh, it is great fun, and you do a great job, Colin, so well done. <laughs> Thank you. You can definitely come again, David. So, um, Deli Bashiru, while we were um, just complimenting each other there, uh, he was uh, tackled by Nangaki and the ball went out for a Watford throw and Messina is strolling uh, at a pedestrian pace up to just uh, inside the Watford half to take this throw in. It is still West Ham nil, Watford nil and we are now 52 minutes into this game and uh, really it has been a bit of a stalemate and uh, Watford very rarely trying to get forward and West Ham haven't really had an answer uh, and uh, so far in the second half haven't really had the ball. So um, 
Uh, West Ham definitely need the points. This will be a game they put a ring around to say this is one for three points. We're at home against another struggling side and we definitely want to get the three points and get ourselves even further out of trouble. But so far they haven't really troubled Foster that much. And uh, here comes Messina. Finally, the referee has actually had to sort of go over and blow his whistle and wave at him. And he's, uh, he's actually bowled the ball back down to Cathcart um, just outside his own area. It's a bit of a dangerous um, thing to do that, I think, go backwards from a throw-in. But uh, West Ham haven't advanced at the pitch, but here they come now. And Haller is on to Cathcart. Cathcart just uh, chips it out to Cavaselli. Cavaselli plays it to Firmino. And there's Dawson looking for it uh, in between the lines himself. And he gets the ball, but Anderson's on him and trying to tackle him. And he, he does manage to tackle the ball off him and get it to Bowen. Bowen there on the left wing for West Ham. And he's now attacking Firmino on that left-hand side he's going to try and find a way to cross the ball and he cuts inside onto his right foot his weaker foot and he, he makes the cross and there's Antonio and he heads it down and it bounces just in front of Foster who manages to collect the ball a pretty easy uh, piece of goalkeeping there for Foster but um, again uh, Antonio showing what a danger he is when he, he drifts into the box like that and it was a good ball off Bowen's uh, weaker foot that found Antonio and Foster now has the ball in his hands yes it was uh, it was, um, it was a very good piece of uh, football that I think Anderson there not, not normally known for his uh, closing down but he, he got the ball uh, from Dawson he got it straight out to Bowen and Bowen um, did some good work there uh, in front of uh, Kiko Femenia and uh, managed to get a, a ball in for Antonio and Antonio uh, did well to get his head on it and um, yes well um, it was a chance I suppose but uh, only really a, a half chance for uh, Antonio and Haller was there at the back post waiting for the ball to be headed across but uh, did not come and Foster has the ball um, I'm just hearing that we need to go over to Stamford Bridge to my good friend Mike Hodges. Mike, are you there? Yes, Colin, uh, I'm here at Stamford Bridge and uh, we've got news. Uh, uh, there has been a goal here. Chelsea have scored. It's Tammy Abraham's a header there and that has put Chelsea 1-0 up against Norwich. Norwich have been good all game, really, pushing and fighting to get this, uh, get the goal, or get them ahead and maybe help them in their relegation battle. But Chelsea against them on the play in the second half have gone 1-0 up, Colin. Back to you. Now that's very disappointing um, for Norwich and uh, if that remains, if that uh, score remains uh, as it does then I'm afraid that will mean Norwich will be finding themselves playing in the Championship next season, David. Yes, uh, well, if you don't spend any money and um, uh, you lose so many games in the last minute uh, as they did at Vicarage Road, I know I saw that game and uh, yes, it can be very difficult for a team like Norwich, a small club about the same size as Watford, but... Um, it looks like for them uh, it is difficult now when they're down at Stamford Bridge to get uh, to get the win or even a draw would be very hard for them. That's correct and um, no, Foster now has the ball, he still has the ball and he's rolled it out in fact Cabaselli and Cabaselli just knocks it back to him, not very interested in holding on to the ball and he he now uh, just uh, plays it out to the left to Messina, Adam Messina who has uh, really come into this side and has um, uh, been a good servant for uh, Nigel Pearson, he's done exactly what he's asked for, he's, he's defended well and at times he's got forward uh, into the attack and he's played it forward to Tom Delibashir and now he plays it inside to Chalabar, Chalabar who's been very much a, a sort of pivotal figure in that midfield, he's been sniffing out fires and closing players down, looking to get the ball forward to Welbeck but that's intercepted by Antonio and Antonio now has a bit of space in front of him, he's running forward. He's played it inside to Anderson. What can Anderson do here? He, he's a tricky player. Dawson comes out. He fakes to go to his left, Anderson, and then he cuts back in onto his right and he hits it with his right foot and, and that just uh, loops over Cathcart and into Foster's arms. It uh, really didn't quite get all of that uh, shot, did he, David? No, he did not, but um, 
The problem for West Ham at the moment is they seem to be playing uh, like a group of individuals, each one trying to make a chance for themselves, but not really linking up very well to play uh, as a team. So it uh, it is um, it is quite uh, difficult for uh, for them at the moment. Watford are very very disciplined uh, in that midfield area, and uh, Foster again has the ball. We are 57 minutes into this Premier League fixture between West Ham United and Watford, and it is West Ham United nil, Watford nil. If you're just joining us on FTRE FM radio, Foster is bouncing the ball, and he's now um, he's now. What is he doing down there? <laughs> he seems to be stretching out his calf and uh, just waiting to see if any West Ham player will come forward and put him under pressure. But they, they really haven't been doing that, have they, David? No, they have not. They're uh, sitting back and waiting for the ball to be played, assuming that Foster would play it as soon as he can, but uh, uh, he's not going to. So now I think it's Sebastian Allo is going to come forward. Yes, he comes forward and um, puts Foster under a bit of pressure and eventually he has to play it out. And he plays it out short to Firmino, plays it up to Capu, and Capu uh, there, yeah, still inside his own half, is... He is now uh, being uh, harassed by Declan Rice. We haven't seen a lot of Declan Rice in this game today. He hasn't really decided to get forward. Perhaps they need to make a change to the system. Noble and Rice sitting just in front of that back four. Maybe not necessary. They need to get a win here today, West Ham. And Rice comes forward and puts Kapoor under pressure. And he actually uh, tackles Kapoor. And the ball comes off Kapoor. And it goes out for West Ham United. Throw in halfway in to the Watford half. And Cresswell comes sprinting up to get his hands on the ball. The West Ham left back, he's got the ball now and he immediately throws it across the pitch to Noble who is uh, in space just inside the centre circle and Noble plays it out to Antonio and Antonio plays it into Haller who is um, oh, about halfway again into the Watford half, he's got his back to goal, he plays it to Anderson who's very close to him and Chalabar comes in for a tackle there but Anderson manages to evade and plays it out to Bowen, Bowen now on the left wing and this is better from West Ham, they seem to be linking up a little bit better and moving the ball more quickly, Bowen back into Haller, Haller immediately passes it back to Anderson who's about five yards behind him and he knocks it straight out to Antonio and they are starting to move the ball very well here. Uh, Bashiru comes across, Chalabar comes across, Kabu moving as a unit, a three. Welbeck is coming back to do a bit of defensive work and Antonio manages to evade his tackle and uh, just chips the ball over Welbeck and into the space and here comes Ngakia now and Ngakia at full sprint is making a, an effort to get on the overlap past Antonio Antonio can see him coming or feel him coming the ground must be rumbling under his feet and uh, Antonio holds the ball up and there's Ngakia and he releases the ball and that's a good ball to Ngakia Ngakia takes on Messina but he hits the cross and there's Haller oh Sebastian Haller again really there perhaps not as easy as the chance he had in the first half but again his heading has let him down he uh, right in front of the goal just on the six yard line it was a great cross there from Ngakia on first time uh, reminiscent of a, uh, of, a, of a cross from Trippier I remember watching when he was at Tottenham it just came to him and he hit it first time and it was absolutely perfect and Haller there just needed to cushion the header but uh, he actually caught it across his forehead and it glanced away and went out for a goal kick really should have done better there your your compatriot David well uh, I don't know he doesn't seem to have his heading uh, his head on properly today he's had two very good chances to score a goal and uh, I don't know what what more he wants I mean uh, that is uh, frustrating for him he's standing there and um, I wonder how long he's going to last in this game because uh, this is uh, not something that um, well, I mean, you create chances like that, they are few and far between in the Premier League, you have to take them, yes? you have to get your head on them like the, my good friend Thierry Henry and you give him half a chance he will score, he always scores a goal, won a game almost, so, and good strikers will do that, but Sebastian is a bit shorter on confidence at the moment, you can see that he's desperate to try and kind of aim the ball and what he should do is just use his neck and his instinct and just score the goal because it was there and I don't think Foster would have got across if it had gone into the far post. 
and uh, Noble once again comes over and pats him on the back but um, it's a slightly desperate looking picture here we are now 16 minutes into the game and uh, it is still West Ham nil Watford nil it's a uh, it's a very difficult situation for a striker when they when they don't have uh, as much confidence in themselves as uh, as they should have and uh, they're a bit out of form and they can't seem to get a goal and uh, that can be a very difficult situation uh, for a striker isn't that right David? Yes uh, that is right when you lose your confidence it can be a very very difficult to find your form again and um, Sebastiano has scored so many goals in his career and uh, was looking forward to coming to play here in the Premier League I think it suits him um, but uh, no it is not working for him at the moment so it is a goal kick and Foster is taking his usual seven and a half hours to uh, get the ball down and put it on the six yard line and he's being booed roundly uh, by the West Ham fans behind him he's becoming a bit of a pantomime villain in that regard Ben Foster but what a good goalkeeper he is and for three and a half million pounds I think Watford can consider him a total bargain taken over from a very popular goalkeeper in Aurelio Gomez but um, Foster has not let Watford down and he in fact I think has improved since Nigel Pearson has been here as so many of the Watford players have here comes Foster now he kicks the ball long and uh, goes all the way up to Deeney and Deeney is uh, lent on there by Bonner and that is a foul I think and the referee blows his whistle and says no no you can't put both arms around his neck and pull him to the ground that is a foul quite often uh, Deeney doesn't get those but uh, today uh, John Moss is being a little bit more um, uh, well a little bit more forgiving for our man Deeney and um, Deeney is shaking his head that it's taken so long for the referee to blow his whistle but uh, yeah, he's happy to to get the uh, to get that uh, free kick and uh, Deeney's going to take it actually he's going to knock it back to Chalabar it's just uh, inside the West Ham half at the moment and Chalabar looking to find Bashiru but um, there's no one really committing themselves forward in wide areas Firminia and Messina have been very disciplined haven't crossed the halfway line really this game and I don't suspect they will do so it means that it's up to Welbeck and Deeney really to create a chance for each other or for themselves and no, none of the three central midfielders are really looking forward, um, uh, looking to get forward. But uh, Bashiru has the ball and he plays it back to Chalabar. And he does sort of gently jog up uh, in a forward direction. The ball comes into Welbeck now. And Welbeck plays it back to Bashiru, who is out there on the left-hand side. And uh, he picks the ball up with his right foot and he's waiting for Ngakia to come. He's going to try and get past him, I think. And, oh, and he does get past him. He plays it between his legs. An old-fashioned nutmeg there, David. You can talk to us about that in a second. And he's run past him and Ngakia picks his arm out and tries to grab him. But Tom Bashiru is too strong for him there uses his whole body strength and gets past him he's now in behind that West Ham defence can he carve out a chance for Watford Welbeck is sprinting into the box as is Deeney Deeney at the far post the ball comes over and Deeney just oh he just gets his head on it but it's the top of his head and it goes out for a West Ham United goal kick Deeney sprinting back now to the halfway line as is Welbeck they don't want to get caught out of position Fabianski has the ball and he gets it down he plays it straight out to Cresswell uh, in contrast to the amount of time it takes Foster to take a goal kick Fabianski is uh, like Speedy Gonzalez and here comes Cresswell now and he's got the ball and he's racing into the space in front of him because uh, the Watford players have retreated into their own half he plays it forward to Bowen and keeps his run going Cresswell now trying to get on the overlap again Bowen plays it inside to Anderson who does seem to always be free and always have a little bit of space but as soon as he gets the ball someone comes out to get him and it's normally Dawson and here's Dawson and he fouls him there just comes straight through him it's quite an aggressive tackle that maybe one just to slow Anderson down and the, the referee is uh, is coming over now and he's actually going to book Craig Dawson for that and um, I think that's probably about right David yes it was um, not a good one 
uh, it was uh, <laughs> yes, it was uh, not a great uh, tackle that from Dawson but uh, sometimes as you say you just want to put a little mark down on a player make him think twice about when he tries to get past you or make a little uh, you know trick up against you you, you worry that you, you might get a, a boot somewhere halfway up your calf well he won't be able to do that now because he uh, he's on a yellow card and you have to be a bit more careful we are 65 minutes in to this game it is West Ham nil Watford nil and uh, but West Ham have a, a free kick here now about um, three or four about 30 yards out I would say about 10 yards outside the box maybe and here's the referee just marking out the line and there's a four-man Watford wall some of the big lads are in that wall well back there yes Cathcart's gone into the wall alongside uh, Bashiru who is not uh, the tallest and for many also not very tall has come into the wall on the outside of the wall so the rest of the Watford players have retreated into the box and uh, while West Ham have committed almost everyone here Anderson on the edge of the box Noble and Rice have stayed reasonably deep excuse me I've had another sip from my fizzy drink that I, I do talk about and it's something that keeps my, my vocal cords nice and moist but it uh, plays havoc and if you hear me belching and burping I do apologise it is fairly disgusting but uh, anyway uh, moving on now so here um, who's going to it's Noble going to take this that's interesting um, the captain taking responsibility here and he's um, he's ordering his troops around Bonner and Diopera at what is essentially the far post over to the Watford left and uh, Cresswell is pulled outright uh, out wide right uh, to create space and maybe that's a dummy move it's impossible to tell and here comes Noble now and he, he takes the free kick and he floats the ball into that back post and old Bonner is there and he heads it down and, and there's Foster and he's down at the feet of Diop who is trying to get a shot off from the header from his colleague of Bonner but Foster is brave goes down at the feet and he smothers the ball and, and that was good play from Foster David yes it was um but it was an interesting move there to float the ball like that. Uh, I think that always gives the defence a bit more time to get organised. They know exactly what's going to happen. If you fire it in hard and fast, sometimes you can take uh, the defence uh, uh, by surprise and sometimes things can happen, the ball can bounce around. But when you float it like that, no, I don't know. It was not uh, popular with me and it was not popular with Arsene and uh, with the players um, that I played with when I was at Arsenal. I'd like to hear a bit more about your time at Arsenal um, if we get a break in play. I've got a couple of questions here that I would love you to answer, David. It would be my pleasure. Well, you're very accommodating, a very, um, yes, a very, a very good man to have uh, alongside you at this Premier League fixture. And I hope you will join us again for a fixture, if not uh, this season, but perhaps next season. So, uh, it's uh, Foster now who's uh, pretending, it seems to me, a little bit that he's been kicked in the head and he's rolling around and rubbing his head and the referee is saying, would you like the coaches to come on? And he's saying, no, 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 I'm fine, I'm really fine, don't worry. And then he's bouncing the ball and standing there and bouncing it and bouncing it and then he's got something in his eye and it really is taking him an age to do almost anything and it's clear now, I think, that Nigel Pearson's attitude to this game was that if we can get away with a point, not concede a goal, then we can go back to Vicarage Road for the game against Manchester City next weekend with 38 points and uh, hopefully get something from that game and, uh, and secure safety in this league. Uh, finally he rolls the ball out to Cabaselli. Cabaselli turns and plays it to Dawson. Dawson now on a yellow card as is Capu. Picked one up in the, in the first half and uh, plays it forward to Capu and Capu plays it sideways to Chalabar and Chalabar knocks it back to Messina at left back and he uh, recycles the ball to Foster. It's uh, pretty tough to watch this in terms of uh, footballing excitement but uh, for the purist oh, you can see that Watford are just trying to manage the game and manage the clock we are now 
70 minutes into this game of football, just 20 minutes of normal time remaining, although I suspect um, we could see about 34 minutes of uh, added time if Foster keeps this up. I do uh, exaggerate, but I, I suspect there will be five or six minutes because there has been quite a bit of time wasting from Foster in this second half already. 70 minutes in, it's West Ham nil, Watford nil, and Foster uh, unable to pick the ball up, obviously, from a back pass. He's now, um, Haller is coming, running into the into the box, and Foster oh, just evades him there with a nice bit of football, which uh, I'm sure <laughs> puts the Watford fans' hearts in their mouths, but he does it quite well. Very dangerous. We saw him concede a goal doing something like that against uh, Arsenal. David with Aubameyang getting up and scoring. And he's played the ball finally out to Firminia and Firminia has played the ball again forward to Kapu and uh, Bowen is there and tackles him and that's a good tackle from Bowen and he actually retains possession there and plays it inside to Haller who's just in front of the D of the Watford goal. It was a bit slack from Watford there and he plays it back to Anderson. Anderson back to Rice. Rice coming forward with the ball over the halfway line now and he's looking up and he plays a cross-field pass to Antonio. Antonio brings the ball down. There's Tom Deli Bashiru there to uh, try and put him under a bit of pressure. Antonio gets him behind Bashiru and he's uh, coming in a diagonal run now towards the penalty area. Cathcote comes out to halt his run and he plays it inside to Anderson in a bit of space and Anderson shoots and Foster goes to his left and saves it and pushes it round the bar for a corner and that was a good bit of play again from West Ham and they have a corner from it and uh, we are now uh, nearly uh, 72 minutes into this game and uh, it is a West Ham corner I'm wondering about substitutions normally around this time we start to see um, a little bit of uh, of uh, substitutions or uh, whatever and uh, change the game and I think West Ham will certainly be looking to make some form of substitution in the next uh, in the next few minutes we shall see and uh, it's going to be Ngakia who's going to take this the right footed player down on his side of the pitch and he puts the ball into the quadrant and he knocks it short to Noble, who's come short. Noble chips it across there. And there's Haller. But uh, again, the header is not what you would expect from a first-class centre-forward. He just sort of very weakly drops it and uh, Foster is able to recover the ball. And I can see some players over there. Uh, I can see some players over there uh, warming up. Um, who would you, what would you do now um, if uh, you were David Moyes, David? I think I would... Uh, Maybe I don't want to say this, but I maybe would take Alo off the pitch and uh, bring on another attacking um, midfielder, someone with a bit of strength and pace, and possibly play Antonio in the middle. I, I don't know. It's it's a very difficult one because it's not easy to change the system at this time. Um, we're coming up to uh, 75 minutes, though. But uh, yes, and um, and Foster has kicked the ball out now, and. Uh, it's gone up to Danny Welbeck and uh, Bonner there comes across and um, and kicks the ball. He wins the ball cleanly there off Welbeck, but it goes out for a throw in. And I think we are going to see some substitutions now. As you say, we are you know, just coming up to 75 minutes. Not quite, actually. A little bit under. About 72, 73 minutes. And what is David Moyes going to do? I can see uh, Snodgrass over there and, uh, and Lanzini warming up so that's interesting looks like he's going to make a double change I think a double change can be very effective it can give the opposition uh, more to think about than just the, the simple single substitution so uh, we're just waiting to see the ball come up and it is um, and Snodgrass is coming on for, for, for Felipe Anderson that's uh, an interesting uh, I'm just going to make a note of that that's an interesting change um, Snodgrass as you say is a, is a powerful man he's going to come in to I guess what is a, a central uh, position and um, Antonio doesn't look at all pleased to be going off and um, 
and uh, well you're quite right and Haller is coming off after those three uh, well the two missed headers and that, that one uh, just a few seconds ago and Haller is, is trudging off the pitch like a man condemned he knows that he should have done better and helped his team so Haller is coming off and we'll just have to wait and see what happens uh, to the West Ham we're just going to have to wait to see what happens to the West Ham formation as the game starts again and it's Ngakia with the ball and he throws it into Ogbonna and uh, it looks to me like Lanzini has taken up a position on the right-hand side and Antonio, as you uh, predicted there, David has gone into the middle to play in the traditional number nine role on that. He is a very powerful man, difficult, and that will cause Cathcart, Caraselli, Dawson a, a few problems. But Snodgrass is going into that uh, number 10 role, um, which uh, it does suit him in some ways if um, he can just get up and, and support Antonio and make it more of a sort of 4-4-2 really. But uh, we'll see how the game progresses. It is now 75 minutes on the clock. It is West Ham nil and Watford nil. Watford trying to contain this West Ham side. Ngakia has got the ball back now at right back and he plays it forward to Lanzini. Lanzini turns and tries to get forward. He's not used to playing in these very wide positions, but he is a creative player and he's very tricky and uh, difficult to defend against. And there's Messina and yes, he immediately uh, gathers a foul there, Lanzini, just inside the Watford half. Messina is standing there uh, perplexed that that could be a foul, but in fact he has managed to uh, pick a foul up there and um, I wonder if Watford are going to that was my pen I do apologise um, it's very hard it's very sensitive this microphone is picking up everything today uh, David but um, yeah so Antonio there in the middle and I wonder if um, if Nigel Pearson is going to uh, to do anything to uh, to change the system and uh, help them get through oh, well, the last uh, uh, 15 minutes of this game it is a West Ham free kick just inside the Watford half and then Gekia puts the ball down and he is going to play it long into the box and there's Antonio and he gets the ball on his chest just under his chin that must be a bit painful he brings the ball down plays it out wide to Lancini Lancini passes it straight back to him he turns and he shoots but a uh, bit of a speculative effort that from Antonio and they just seem to be shooting on sight at the moment David and um, that one went high wide and handsome and into the Watford fans um, I do apologise into the West Ham fans behind Watford's goal and Foster will take uh, a good couple of minutes to take this, I suspect, although the referee is standing next to him now and he's, uh, he's no fool. I think he knows that um, he uh, <laughs> he's going to hurry Foster along. He doesn't want him doing any more time-wasting. Foster is uh, chatting away to the referee as if they're out on a Sunday picnic and uh, he is berating Foster a little bit and um, he's uh, patting his pocket and saying, keep doing this and you're going to get a booking, young man, and uh, I suspect he will. And uh, Foster has the ball down on the six-yard line and he kicks the ball all the way up to Deeney. And Deeney actually gets a good head on this and it goes to his compatriot up there alongside him. Welbeck, Welbeck brings it down. He's strong and powerful. Bonner comes out and tries to use his body to get the ball off him. But Welbeck is uh, too good for him there. And he, he turns and plays it back to Chalabar, who's just inside the uh, centre circle. And he plays it wide to Kapu. And Kapu plays it forward to Deeney. This is good from Watford there. Just containing West Ham. West Ham getting more and more frustrated as the game goes on. Snodgrass comes in and... Uh, well, he makes a tackle there on Chalabar, but Chalabar manages to release the ball just before that tackle comes in. He also jumps over it to avoid uh, any contact or getting injured. And there's uh, Bashira with the ball again. Plays it back out wide to Welbeck. Welbeck is um, being uh, 
attended to by Ngakia, but uh, he's much stronger and bigger than Ngakia. But Ngakia is a, is a clever player, and if he can get the ball off him, he can be quick and get in. And he does get the ball off him. He nicks it off him with his left foot and gets forward. And Lanzini is ahead of him, and he plays it into Lanzini. And Ngakia just keeps his run going now. Another overlap from West Ham. Will this be costly? Will they get hit on the break if this breaks down? Ngakia now running forward. Cresswell on the other side of the pitch is also moving forward. They really are starting to commit men forward in these last 10 or so minutes. And Ngakia gets the ball back from Lanzini. He's out there wide, wide, wide on the touchline with Messina on him. Bashiru is uh, tracking the run of Lanzini back into the box. The Watford players are retreating onto the 18-yard line. Cathcart and Cabaselli even deeper than that. And here is Ngakia with the ball up against uh, Messina. Messina trying to just marshal him down and down into tighter and tighter space. But Lanzini turns and Ogbonna has come all the way up from centre-back and receives the ball and plays it then in side towards Antonio with his back to goal just by the D. He knocks it back to Snodgrass in turn and he knocks it out to Bowen on the left wing. Bowen now in on Firminia and Kapu is having to come back and track back and make sure that he doesn't get the better of his teammate Kiko Firminia but Firminia is a good player and a good defender and he is uh, again pushing Bowen out onto the touchline and deep 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 towards the corner flag in the same way that Messina did with Ngakia moments ago Bowen now tracking back turns plays it back to Cresswell halfway back uh, towards the halfway line Cresswell with his left foot chops the ball in to Declan Rice Declan Rice picks the ball up almost all the West Ham players are now inside the Watford half the whole game has been played inside the Watford half Rice to Noble Noble to Lanzini Lanzini now has made a difference in this game I think since he's come on Antonio is standing there with Cathcart and Cabaselli playing close attention to him and uh, Snodgrass is getting up alongside him this is a good from West Ham and possibly an opportunity here to get their noses ahead Lanzini plays it back to Ngakia and then jumps in front of Tom Delibashiru and wants to receive the ball again and Ngakia finds him again Lanzini now just with Messina in front of him Cathcart and Bashiru coming across to cordon him off and again he finds himself with no space at all Lanzini cuts back inside and plays it back to Noble Noble on the halfway line passes it sideways to Rice Rice gets forward to Snodgrass Snodgrass turns and tries to attack Dawson Dawson a good tackle from Dawson there and the ball actually flies out all the way out from that central position uh, he kicked it very very hard there Dawson it came back off Snodgrass and has gone out for a Watford throw about halfway up towards the halfway line on the left hand side and that will slow things down we are now nearly 80 minutes into the game and I can see that um, that Messina seems to be he seems to be struggling there I'm not sure if that's uh, if that's something that is uh, serious but um, no it seems that he's uh, okay to continue but there is there is a, a Watford substitute and it looks like Ismail Assar is warming up and that seems to be a serious bit of warming up not just the usual uh, sort of knockabout warm-up that seems like uh, the warm-up you take before you come on is that right David? Yes it is that, uh, by the way that was a great bit of commentary there Colin and um, uh, I thought that the West Ham are really starting to commit themselves forward take some risks they have to do that they have to try and get the three points in this game and uh, but what would uh, are like a brick wall I mean they are so good they are all working for each other they are properly unified this team and Kapu and Bushiro, Chalaba, Dawson all fighting for their team to make sure the ball is not crossed into dangerous areas keeping the players wide where they want to keep them and uh, it was very good from Watford but yes I think you're right I think Sarah is going to come on who would you take off for him? Well, I expect he will take off one of the forward players, maybe Troy or possibly Danny, because um, what he wants is another midfielder there and also someone with that much pace, possibly maybe get a chance, but go to a, a 5-4-1 situation uh, for the last, what, uh, uh, well, uh, 10 minutes or so. Yes, and uh, Watford are going to make the substitution now before this throw-in is taken, and it is Ismail Sar. And uh, yes, you're quite, quite correct there, David. It is going to be uh, Danny Welbeck, um, who 
is going to come off and um, he's uh, just coming off uh, just while well, he's standing practically by the halfway line so he's just uh, walking off and uh, Lanzini comes along and tries to push him off a bit quicker and um, Welbeck's not too pleased about that as you can imagine And uh, but eventually he does go off and Saar sprints on and goes right across the other side of the pitch so we now have Chalabar and Kapu uh, as central midfielders with Dawson just behind them and in front of Cathcart and Cabaselli and Saar and Bashiru are the two wide players but I suspect they will play quite narrow and Messina has the ball in his hand we are um, just about 81 minutes into this game but I suspect we will see at least five minutes of uh, injury time and uh, Messina plays the ball into Tom Deli Bashiru and Tom Deli Bashiru plays it straight back to Messina Messina flicks it forward there's Dini uh, inside the West Ham half West Ham not used to having the ball in their own half for the, at least for the last 10 or 15 minutes and Dini uh, is immediately looking for Ismail Saar. Saar gets forward and he uh, plays a lovely crossfield ball there along the ground and Saar picks it up in front of Cresswell now can Cresswell deal with the with this um, lightning fast young man and Saar skips past him there a lovely bit of football from Ismail Saar and he's now at the bar line and he crosses the ball and there's Dini oh Dini Troy Dini no 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 his header comes off the bar it was a fantastic piece of work from Ismail Asai. He's only been on the pitch about a minute and a half and there was Dini and he found himself in a bit of space again and, well, a bit like Sebastian Haller in the, uh, in the first half uh, and in the second half, he, uh, he probably should have done a little bit better. It came pretty quickly to him though and Dini uh, got all of it but it just uh, rattled the crossbar. Fabianski was nowhere and uh, the ball uh, went up high into the air and Fabianski was under it to catch it but that was a good chance Watford's best chance of the game um, I hope your eardrums are alright <laughs> I really thought Troy was going to uh, to, uh, to score a goal there no it was a great bit of play from uh, Saar I don't know much about this boy I know he's from Senegal but uh, he has been playing for Rennes uh, in France and um, he's a very very good player isn't he I mean Cresswell uh, was bamboozled I think that is the right word, is it not, Colleen? Yes, uh, bamboozled is absolutely correct. Paul Cresswell didn't know whether he was coming or going there for a second. Anyway, Fabianski has the ball and he rolls it straight out to Diop and uh, Diop plays it forward to Rice and Rice to Snodgrass and now up on the halfway line looking again to rebuild this attack and he gets it out to Bowen and Saar is immediately on him and fouls him. And uh, he goes in quite hard there as Melissa. He's not frightened of a bit of defensive work and one of the things I like about this young man is he's willing to do the work and uh, we're coming up now to... Well, um, nearly 85 minutes of this game gone and uh, it looks as if uh, Watford are going to make another substitution. Uh, they've got Holobas warming up. Jose Holobas, the Greek international of German extraction and a player that I personally am very, very fond of and uh, we shall see if that uh, Holobas, uh, presumably for Messina. Messina is struggling a little bit there, I think, or maybe he's just trying to, to slow things down. So, the ball's back in play and uh, a Noble has it. A Noble plays it to Rice and uh, Rice is again looking to get the ball forward again. It uh, was a poor uh, free kick there and uh, Noble got the ball almost straight away and uh, now they're back on the attack. Uh, Rice has the ball and um, Snodgrass is uh, asking for it and, is, is, and finds it and he passes it. But Kapu comes in, Kapu comes in there and nicks the ball off Snodgrass. He's going forward and Declan Rice, oh my word, that is a... That is a very, very nasty tackle from Rice. Um, and uh, Kapu's, got, oh, Kapu's got straight up and he's grabbed him by the throat there. He's pushing uh, Rice back. Declan Rice is uh, very, very angry. And, and he uses... Oh, he uses his head. He's, he's ducked his head forward there. Kapu's taken that on the forehead. He's let go of uh, Rice's throat. And uh, 
Well, that is a, a very unpleasant incident uh, at the end of this game. It's been a game played in uh, in very good spirits, but uh, Rice's tackle on Kapu was a, a really a nasty one there, David, and uh, and Kapu didn't like it at all. Got up, grabbed him by the throat, which uh, probably was wasn't the wisest thing to do. And then and then Rice has uh, has ducked his head in there uh, in uh, an old-fashioned Glasgow kiss. I don't know if you know that expression, David, but it's a it's a it's a headbutt there to the forehead of Kapu, and I suspect um, that Rice won't survive. Uh, the end of this game. I'm not sure why uh, Declan was doing that. I mean, I don't see what advantage he can get from tackling like that. I mean, I think the tackle itself is borderline red anyway. Goes in with his uh, stud showing and uh, a little bit high over the ball and uh, Kapoor is very unhappy about it because that could uh, really have injured him and uh, we'll have to wait and see. Well, John Moss has come over to Kapoor and he's unfortunately, um, I think for the retaliation of grabbing his throat, he's pulled out a second yellow card for Kapoor uh, followed by the red. So. Kapoor will have to go. He's absolutely furious at being sent off, but I don't think he's really got any argument, and that will mean he will miss the game next week against Man City, if not the end of the season. We'll have to see how tolerant the uh, FA panel are there. They could certainly ban him for more than one game, even though it is just a second yellow, but he was sent off recently uh, in a game at Vicarage Road, and Declan Rice is standing there waiting. Noble is, uh, is peeling uh, to the referee, and uh, but no. Yep, it's a straight red and there's booing from the crowd and Declan Rice really can't have any arguments about that. Not only the tackle, but the, the little head body saying I didn't touch him, I didn't. I got nowhere near him with my head. And Kapu, to be fair to him, didn't make a huge meal of it, but uh, there was definitely contact there and I, I suspect he's had that uh, said to him in his ear and uh, the both players are now trudging off the pitch. It's a sorry end to this game. We are now 86 minutes into this game and it is still West Ham nil, Watford nil. We've had chances at both ends of the pitch. A good one from Deeney just uh, moments ago, but really Sebastian Haller has had the two best chances of the game and um, unfortunately he was unable to uh, to score with either header. And uh, now with just a couple of minutes to go, uh, it's both teams are down to 10 men and... Uh, well, I've got to go back over to Mike Hodges. He's at Stamford Bridge. Hi, Colin. Yes, it's uh, 86 minutes here, and I'm afraid um, I've got bad news for Norwich fans. It looks as if this goal is going to be given. They're checking on VAR. No, it has been given, and it's Chelsea 2, Norwich, uh, Norwich City nil. I do apologise for <laughs> It's very exciting here, but that, do that does seem to be the end of it. And um, I don't think that we can see Norwich now uh, getting back into this game, and I think that would be relegation for Norwich City. That is very, very... Um upsetting for all Canary fans but 2-0 uh, to Chelsea does mean that I, I'm afraid that does mean the end of Norwich's season in terms of Premier League football David. Yes uh, that is, uh, it's always sad when a team gets relegated but every year three have to get relegated so uh, uh, it is a, a long season 38 games and um, if you get relegated it's because you have not performed well enough in the league, it's, it's as simple as that uh, as they say the, uh, the league table does not lie so um, quite sure uh, what's going to happen. Oh, it's a Watford, it's a Watford free kick, of course, from the original tackle from Rice and Chalabar has it, and he knocks it back to Dawson. And uh, just a couple of minutes to go of normal time, and this game does seem to be petering out a little bit. Uh, West Ham, I think Rice was uh, really just so frustrated by the way this game has gone. They really haven't been able to break Watford down, and the chances they have created have been missed. And uh, I think it just all got the better of the young man. He's a quite a fiery character, Declan Rice, and. Uh, I'm sure that he'll feel very upset he's let his team down and uh, he certainly won't be playing again this season, David. No, he will not and um, and that is a problem for them, I think. Uh, they are in a relegation battle, you want all your players, but it's the same for Watford. Why did he grab his throat? Just, just lie on the ground, let the referee deal with it and um, 
Yes, so, you know, let the player get sent off or book. There's no need for Kapoor also on a booking to get up and uh, grab him by the throat. But um, it's an emotional game, football, Colin, and <laughs> sometimes we do things we should not do. That is very true. It's quite emotional up here in the comms box as well. I tend to get quite emotional when things happen. Now, uh, Watford have taken uh, this ball and uh, now is just uh, playing with it back. And Foster has it now and he plays it out to Firminia and Firminia brings it forward and Saar gets the ball and now Saar turns and um, he's about to take a run uh, at Bowen but he decides better of it and turns and he just plays the ball back towards Firminia who plays it into Dawson just in front of his own back four Dawson playing in a kind of old-fashioned sweeper role and he's done very, very well in that position today. I think he's really been uh, a good addition. I think Pearson got this absolutely right in this game. Didn't go too uh, mad steam ahead for the win and uh, he plays the ball forward to Bashir who's had another uh, decent game and Dini up there now on his own receives the ball with his back to goal and plays it to uh, Chalabar Kapu obviously not there now and uh, uh, it's hard with 10 against 10 isn't it there's so much more space and this pitch is huge Chalabar plays it across to Messina and here comes Lanzini trying to put Messina under pressure but Messina just plays it past him and runs by him and, and Gakir is not sure whether to come forward and press Messina or to stay back here they certainly don't want to concede a goal in this very last minute and uh, we now have reached the 90 minute mark and we have it's only 4 minutes 4 minutes of added time from the fourth official uh, I suspect it should have been more than that but Angakia now is uh, tracking the run of Messina and Messina is just trying to get the ball forward Dini's come across and receives the ball from Messina Messina carries on his run down to the down to the corner flag and Dini gets the ball back to him and Messina turns his back and Ogbonna comes across to try and get the ball off him and Gakia is a, a careful, let's be careful here they don't want to foul him we'll give away a corner and, uh, and Gakia gets the ball and he kicks it out and it will be a Watford throw in down there uh, just by the corner flag a throw in certainly less dangerous than a corner or a free kick and uh, Messina just leaves the ball and trots away he's not going to take it he's getting back into a more defensive position and uh, and Dini's telling Bashiro to get over there and, um, and get the ball and Bashiro sort of what, uh, Bashiro uh, apologise uh, just wanders over and we have now had a minute of added time just three minutes to go and it is still West Ham nil Watford nil it's been quite an exciting game David there's certainly been a lot of incident but no goal yes I, I've enjoyed watching it and I've very much enjoyed watching it uh, sitting alongside you Colin um, you do a great job for FTRE FM Radio and uh, I've enjoyed uh, putting in my little two penneth as the English say but it has um, it has been uh, a difficult game for both teams what it came to defend and they have done very very well Dawson as you say has uh, played very well in that uh, libero position and Chalabar has been very strong in the middle but uh, now they have to be careful with just uh, 10 uh, uh, men against 10 but uh, only like one and a half minutes to go now and I, I suspect the water will do everything they can to make sure this finishes nil nil Bashira has the ball and he's bouncing it and the referee is um, telling him to get it back into play and he does so and it goes back to Messina on the halfway line who plays it inside to Cathcart and yeah Antonio is trying to put Cathcart under pressure but it's all a little bit tired now from the West Ham player Snodgrass he shouldn't be tired he's only been on the pitch 15 minutes but he gets up and uh, and Cathcart just um, plays it through between the two of them to Chalabar and Noble is there uh, all on his own in front of that back four now and uh, Chalabar uh, crosses the halfway line plays it to Dini Dini plays it out to Saar Saar on the run now gets in behind Bowen uh, attacking Cresswell for the second time since he's been on but again he gets up there and he just doesn't want to commit himself overly commit himself and uh, Chalabar comes across receives the ball and and uh, Saar makes a diagonal run into the box and uh, receives the ball from Chalabar but he, instead of attacking the goal he takes it out again to the corner flag I know the fans get very frustrated in this but with only 30 seconds to go of this game I can't see that anyone can really complain about this tactic from Watford they just want to run the clock down and get this point and go home yes that's right um, and they have done it very well they've managed the second half extremely well and uh, yes I, I, I'm, I'm fairly convinced that um, 
Uh, well, I mean, it's interesting he did not play Sarr from the beginning, uh, but uh, it has worked. They look like they are going to get their nil-nil. Sarr on the ball in the corner flag there, and uh, Cresswell comes across and, uh, and kicks it out for a Watford throw. And uh, I suspect now with with these minutes, uh, I think there's about 30 seconds to go, I, I can't imagine that um, that the referee is going to add too much more time. And Saar has left the ball and is walking away, wasting a few more seconds. And it will be Firmenia who wanders along the touchline and he's being yelled at by the West Ham faithful there and they're not always complimentary, are they, David? I'm sure you had a few run-ins with uh, West Ham fans when they were at the bowling ground. Yes, it was a very, very difficult place to go and play football, let me tell you. You, you had to go in front of the, uh, I think it was called the chicken run. And... Uh, Man, you take a throw in there, you uh, take your life in your hands sometimes. Uh, not literally, but uh, the abuse and the shouting, it was very intimidating. And that was one of the things why that ground was so good for them. And uh, I don't think they have quite the same uh, influence in this ground because they are so much further away from the pitch. No, you're right. And uh, Familia now, with just a few seconds to go, bounces the ball and he throws it in. And uh, Dini just volleys it out for a West Ham goal kick and the ball travels miles and miles into the Watford fans and I'm not sure they're going to give that back but uh, another ball has appeared fairly quickly from one of the ball boys that's good ball boying and Fabianski has the ball and he's put it down he kicks it but that is the end of this game three uh, peeps on the referees oh four peeps on the on the referees whistle and that has drawn this game to a close uh, the final score here at the London Stadium West Ham United nil Watford nil good chances in the first half for Haller and in the second half from Haller uh, he missed them all and Dini had a decent header uh, headed chance in the second half but again uh, unfortunately rattled the crossbar and uh, uh, we've had a couple of sending offs uh, Rice a very nasty tackle on Kapu who didn't take kindly to it grabbed him by the throat and then Rice sort of bent his head in and um, made contact with Kapu's forehead and uh, Kapu who was already on the yellow card got a second yellow card he went off Declan Rice got a straight red so he will miss the rest of the season that will be very difficult for them I'm sure David Moyes will be scratching his head and wondering how to deal with that because Declan Rice is as we know a very important player for them Kapu we'll have to wait and see if he gets a one or possibly a three match ban for his second uh, sending off in as many weeks David would you like to comment on this game and tell me how you think it affects this relegation battle well Colin uh, it has um it has been uh, quite a game like a classic relegation game. Huh? Both teams very nervous, um, quite physical, uh, not wanting to give an inch, not a lot of great football being played. But uh, West Ham huffed and puffed a little bit and lost their way in the second half, I think, because they tried to do it all uh, as individuals. Antonio, Lanzini, Snodgrass, Bowen. Uh, Haller was a big disappointment. Um, Rice getting sent off will be a big disappointment. West Ham... Uh, now what on uh, 36 points yes they're on 36 points and depending on that Bournemouth result may drop back into the bottom three and we'll hear about that in a moment from the studio but uh, Watford will be certainly the team most pleased with that one point would you say that oh yes I, I think they came for it I think they came to get one more point and um, get themselves to 38 points it may be enough um, but um, it is risky a risky thing to do but uh, they pulled it off uh, Dawson played in front of the back, back four and that worked very well for them it helped with the, uh, the three men in midfield Bishiru very composed on the ball for a young man and Welbeck and Dini caused some trouble up front but uh, yes it was not an attacking uh, attempt from Watford really in this game and um, their tactics I think were better in the end I think Moyes was too slow to make changes and put Watford under more pressure they they weren't really looking to attack West Ham and um, with four men at the back and then the two men in front it seemed like it was overkill for West Ham perhaps they should have committed more men forward earlier in the game 
Yes, sir. When you're in a relegation battle, you do have to take some risks. Uh, particularly when you're at home, you really have to bank on your home form. Um, the other sad news, sad news today uh, from Stamford Bridge. Chelsea have, that whistle has now gone and Chelsea have won that game 2-0. And that means that Norwich are relegated and will find themselves competing in the championship next season. Uh, just to say before we go back to the studio, it's been an absolute pleasure um, to have David Labouche. Uh, very, very fine uh, player who played for Arsenal under Arsene Wenger. I wanted to ask you one more question just before we go back to the studio. We've got a few moments I'm hearing in my ear because uh, other games are still yet to finish. Tell me about Arsene Wenger just a little bit. Give me some insight into the man and uh, what you think he did for football. Oh, you throw that uh, question <laughs> at me at the last moment. Well, it is quite simple. I think he is one of the greatest coaches, managers um, that we have ever seen. I think like Pep, he changed the way football was played. He, play he changed the way footballers trained. He changed what they ate. He changed uh, how they uh, managed them, their lives. He was uh, a great, great man and um, he definitely changed English football forever. Uh, Alex Ferguson is a great manager, won a lot of trophies. But what Arsene did, also won trophies, but he changed the culture of English football. And for that, I think his legacy will always be uh, right up there with people like uh, Ferguson and also now with Pep. I think he is a more important manager for English football than, say, Rafa Benitez or Jose Mourinho. Yes, I think he was an absolute legend and his legacy uh, will always be looked back on, not just by Arsenal fans, but the way that football is played in England has changed, yes? And um, he is the reason that it, it began to change with uh, his ideas on nutrition, but also on training, on style, on, uh, on formation. Uh, and uh, he inherited a very, very good team, but he added to it. He turned Thierry Henry from a white player into a, cent a central uh, attacker, and uh, that worked perfectly. And for a few years there, he was way, way, way ahead of the curve in terms of everyone else, and uh, he won his trophies. And... Uh, I absolutely uh, loved the man and he was like a father figure to me and um, yes, it was a great honour to play under him at Arsenal. Oh, David, that's great to hear. Thank you so much for those comments. And um, I do hope we'll, you'll be able to come back and, uh, and join us again here on FTRE FM Radio. And don't forget to listen to the podcast with those three erstwhile gentlemen after the game has completed. Uh, you've got Mike Park in there, John Mooney and Jason Bailey bringing you the podcast from the rookery end and uh, that is always a very, very good listen. be interesting to hear their views on the game we've just watched but I'm going to throw you back to the studio now to get updates and final scores from the other games around the country. Thank you very much for joining me today on FTRE FM Radio.